Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fast on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99 Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Everybody in Kansas City and everybody in San Francisco will not be able to breathe for the entire day because we're going Game 7, Game 7 of the World Series. I'm going to check with our ace, number one intern, Peter Lari. Who are you picking tonight? Um, I'm taking KC. I've been with them the whole way. I'm gonna stick with them. Even if Bumsky pitches? Yeah, I got. I got. I mean, it's a person. It's more of a, a heart than a head pick. But... You got to pick with your head, though. This is gambling. Hey, in that case, I'm probably taking San Francisco. Okay, just did a flip flop. <laughs> Chrissy pants with my brain yeah. and my heart. It's KC all the way because Bumgarner. He ain't going. A. He might show up in a relief appearance. He said they're going with Tim Hudson, the old vet. But even after that kid goes out there, I don't think it's like last yet, night was so it was such a gang rape <laughs> that I'm like, why don't you save some of those fucking runs, boys? You gonna wish you had them tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like it's unusual to be able to score twenty fucking runs in two games, but who knows? Uh, the other thing I'm looking at the explosion of the rocket in um, Virginia, and this is unofficial. Uh, ISIS was oh, behind this. Jesus! And they were taking lunch meat to the International Space Station. They just to cut the head off NASA. Well, NASA isn't behind this. I mean, NASA pays money for them to do it, but this is private corporations. 
Oh, see, on CNN, last, when I was watching it, was they just had NASA all over the place. They had people from NASA. Well, because NASA are the only experts. There's some fucking company down there who's like, uh, how far are rockets supposed to go up? Eight feet before they explode? This looks like a rocket in somebody's backyard. Were they making missiles or just or actual rockets that send things to people? Jerks. Well, we were sending supplies and food to the International Space Station. Um... And there was Ebola strains, so that's now in the air, floating around. Fuck up. What can we do? we got a quarantine Virginia. We already have, Chris. Good. For many, many years now. (laughs) I also read that they they had, like, crypto equipment on there as well. Kryptonian. Kryptonite they had on there. So Superman said he would help, but it makes him feel queasy. I didn't even know he was real. Um, You know what? I gotta tell you. When I see something like this, I'm wondering if our better days aren't behind us here in the United States of America. I wonder if we shot our load. You know what I mean? Think these balls are empty. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we emptied our balls. Well, it's never a good thing when we're just contracting out the, the, the spaceships. <laughs> well, that's what everybody wanted. You know, everybody hates the government so much. So they're just like, let regular people shoot up spaceships. It's the easiest thing in the world. It worked for the first 15 feet. I mean, if we were launching uh, just rockets that had to go up into a backboard, this would have been a total success. But once you get past backboard height, that's where we get in real trouble. It's a dark day for the private space industry. I'm working right now on an electric rocket, which I believe is going to do very, very well. It's going to run only on electricity. Wow, what's it called? Uh, it's called the electric rocket. What? Why does? It, why do you care about what it's called? I just fucking laid something out on you. This is going to blow people away because this is pollution, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Obama came out and talked about it today, and he goes, uh, "Am I cra- uh, like crazy, or is my presidency just feel doomed?" <laughs> um, and everyone, like the, the reporters, were saying to him, "Look, dude, you know what? You're gonna have better days. I mean, you've been on a bad run." And he goes, "No, seriously, I just wasn't prepared to do this. I don't know how to do it. I didn't think I was gonna get a second term. I just, I mean, I, I, I want to do it. I'm just dealing. I'm nervous, and I don't know what to do. I just decided to do nothing and see what happened. And that seems to be a screw up. He should start smoking again. Then get the head he back. He still again. smokes. Oh, good. Yeah, you know what he smokes? What's that? Cools." Surprising. No, not really. He says I smoke when I am. Cool. Um, you know the kid, the number one intern right now, Peter Laurie. You got some comedy news for us out there, right? Because we are a comedy station, are we not? Indeed. What, what's the name of the station? Uh, XM Raw Dog Comedy. XM Raw Dog Comedy. That's a the name serious of. XM Raw Dog Comedy. Oh God, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> My bad. No, you know what? You're an intern. You don't have it all down yet. You know. <laughs> I put you in that seat because I see something in you. Number one, you're the only intern who shows up for work around here. <laughs> yeah, we week. got three interns. Two of them take off every holiday, and if they got a slight head cold, they're not in here. You're in day in, day out, and you got a long commute, right? Uh yeah, it's pretty long. How? Uh, where do you live? I live in Tom's River, New Jersey. All right, Tom's River. For some reason, there's always a good Little League team out of there. I don't know why. But there's just... They always seem to be in the mix. A lot of ringers. I'll tell you the truth. There's a shitload of ringers. Uh, how, how far is that from where Kevin Smith grew up? 
Uh, that's probably about 35, 40 minutes. Is that right? Yeah. So you can go over to that comic book store? Yeah, actually, that's actually the town I grew up in. I grew up in the same town as Kevin Smith. Mm. All right, you- 37 minutes away. Yeah. Peter Laurie is on it. What'd you do? Do one of those Google Direction things? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you don't have a theme song. The guys won't put together imaging for you. So hum your own theme song. And then do do yourself as oh a my, I thought we did have imaging. No, go ahead. Um, I don't. I like that though. I like. Um, um, yeah. Give us some comedy mm-hmm. news. All right, thank you. Yeah, this is what I'm good at. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but next week is election day. Next Tuesday. I had no idea well, that because um, I'm with ISIS well, and we don't have elections. We let <laughs> uh, our Muslim God pick it. Okay, well here in America. Tuesday yeah. is election day, right. and John Stewart and Stephen Colbert will have live midterm election coverage on Tuesday. They love to do that, but here's the problem. None of the numbers ever come in during their show. Yeah, they come in way later. Yeah, so why don't they stay on the air? It's Comedy Central. Yeah, Why wouldn't they just have those two guys sit next to each other and stay on the air for three hours? Yeah, it would be better. Thanks. I think. All right. That's love- a way to draw in viewers. <laughs> I'm loving the fact that I'm uh, I'm I'm beating uh, Comedy Central at this. Yeah, I would stay up with them. And this is Colbert. Uh, Colbert is Colbert. The character's last election day. Colbert. Colbert. I'm not even sure he cares about elections. I, I have a feeling that John Stewart does. But Colbert, I'm not sure whether he cares. I wonder if he'll switch to Colbert as he goes over and does the the Letterman show. It would make sense just to distance himself from this character. This surprises me. They're keeping the name the Letterman show even when Colbert goes there. I think that's a mistake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Is that He's going to ch- t- change his name to Steve Letterman Colbert. And it's still going to be... The Late Show with the David Letterman. The Late Show with David Letterman. Starring Stephen Letterman. Co-starring. <laughs> co-starring. He wants to call himself a co-star. Okay. Uh, and then he said, his first thing getting back there, he's hiring back the crazy cue card guy. He goes, <laughs> I need good. that guy. He's ready to scrap any moment. He's got day. passion. Um, go ahead. You got more coming news? Uh, yeah. Give me the music. Mm. Oh, how about a Jeopardy theme? Is that? Yeah, do we have to good. pay royalties for no. that? Or? No. Just change one note. We'll be fine. Which note? Any note you want. <laughs> I guess change the D. <laughs> That's good. You ever watch dun, Jeopardy? Dun, dun. Uh, yeah, I used to watch it a lot. Not, I don't really First watch round it is all I care about. After that, it gets too hard. First round, I dominate. Oh, I love the double, the double, double Jeopardy, though, when you get two double Jeopardy. When I sit around and the kids are there, I'm just fucking first round and all over them. I just go through it because it'll be like Elton John songs for a hundred. You know? And you're like, fuck yeah, I know yeah. this. And like the kids are over and I go, what did I tell you? And then the second round, I go, something else has got to be on. I just get out of there. You know? If anyone doesn't take a true double Jeopardy, they're jerks. But it's what. Um, if I'm going to be honest, what Chris Stanley does sexually with his girlfriend, he comes in strong and, you know, ends quick and he goes like this. Hold on. Did you just hear a burglar? And he goes out in the other room, lights the cigarette and starts watching TV. <laughs> Inappropriate. That's not true at all. That's I know, but I would like to get that part of your mythology. <laughs> God, what else you got in comedy news? Uh, well, do you want me to finish that one? No. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, Off Color is a new online series from the New York Times. That Sounds racist to me. It it does deal with uh, ra- race race yeah and uh, I don't think it's racist though it's actually what it is is they take four comedians of different ethnic backgrounds yeah and uh, they show how they use comedy to challenge stereotypes that they've been living with their whole lives. Um, I like this story. You like okay, cool. yeah? I would. Here's the first question I would ask them, and I'm going to ask you. Okay. Which race is the best? <laughs> Which race is the best? Yeah. You want to just write it down if you don't want to say? Um, are you going to read it if I write no, it I, down? Yeah, I'm not going to. Um, All right. I yeah, see what you I'll ra- just say I'm going to go with white just because I am white. <laughs> and we're the, I'm going to go with white. You feel like it would be bad if you didn't pick your own? By the way, yeah, white is not a race. Caucasian? There you go. <laughs> so this story is about why Caucasians are the best? Uh, no. Mm. Uh, That's just my personal opinion. I'll tell you this, and I don't know whether you're right, whether whites would win first. Well, you got to be at least second. I mean, there's no way we're not coming in second. This is coming off as white supremacy news. (laughs) Yeah, but everyone knows that those Asian kids are smart. Hopefully, there won't be second-round jeopardy. Yeah, but I I do first round, and that's it. Uh, Bugs Bunny characters for 500, please, Alex. That I'll hang around with. But when you start to get to fucking Shakespeare and, you know, string theory in the second, fuck that. I'm out of there. To be honest, I hate all the literature categories. I, all of them. Do you hate literature itself? No, I really don't. I just hate all the literature categories. What's your favorite book of all time? Um, Catcher in the Rye I liked a lot when I was in high school. You remind me of that kid. Seriously. Really? Yeah, you're always wearing a hunting fucking hat. I am. You stalk around girls and then later you go up and try to shoot John Lennon. That's all true. That's why I hate that book. Because <laughs> we'd still have John Lennon today. Um, the Great Gatsby? What do you think of that one? Boy, like you're really picking this, some obscure books, Amer- aren't you? American books. Everything that you... All your favorite books, someone forces you to read in 11th grade. That is true. Yeah. Doesn't happen in regular life, though. No one will say, you need to re- read this novel. One chapter at a time. And they come in, so I un- make sure you understand the chapters. <laughs> you're not just being like an idiot with it. Just reading it isn't enough. We know if you're lying. I don't know. Does the hunting cat mean his innocence? Is that it? Loss of innocence, right? Because that's what I would just say back to them, no matter what came up. Seems like it's about a loss of innocence, somehow. He's grown up. That's why when he dropped the cereal bowl, that was his own youth, you know? And it cracked into, like, life's disappointments. Right? If we were in... A literature class together. I'd take my test paper. I'd fucking hand it to you, and I'd go fill it out for me. <laughs> I go make sure I get like a B plus. Uh, I'm fucking them all right. I mean, I don't. I don't even think I could pull a B plus on that literature test. To be honest, we with try you. to get a fucking you know another girl next to you help out a little bit. Pass it on. Uh, yeah, let's get like a brain trust going. Pay it forward. Um, people are writing this. Intern Peter Laurie off to a super start. That's on Twitter, so it's got to be official. Absolutely. People are loving you and what you're bringing. You're bringing a lot of energy. You're the number one intern right now. If this was a fight, I'd have to stop it. Um, Mainly because you show up. Um, Joe, Baltimore, you're on the Run Fed Show. 
Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Why don't you tell that Wheel of Fortune watching fucking producer yours that it's the Daily Double, not the Double Jeopardy? Double Jeopardy is the fu what his dad was in fucking jail for. <laughs> <laughs> you know something, Chris? Yeah. You sit in here and you just sit here and you basically could fart into the microphone and make more sense than you do by joining in. And don't take that the wrong way. I'm taking it badly. I think I am taking it the wrong way. Alright, now people are writing this. This came from Tim Knight on Twitter. Could somebody please tell Chris Stanley that the Chiefs and Royals are in Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas? What is wrong with this fucking guy? I think Does he I, ever say anything that's right? I said, I said, it's half right, Kansas, Kansas City. No, it isn't half right. Kansas City is a city in a different state than Kansas. I, I meant to say Kansas City, but I was talking Twickly and it came out. Twickly? <laughs> what do you mean by Twickly? Quickly, quickly. It came out just is Kansas. Is there a new measurement of time that we don't know? Twickly? Quick. You know what? That's going to be your nickname from now on, Twickly. It's <laughs> oh, a weird nickname. <laughs> Twickly. Get it. Twickly, everybody. Twickly, go to the hallway and to the steps and leave. How Twickly? Chris, what happened to you today? You're still drinking your codeine cough medicine? No, I just know the codeine cough medicine's long gone. Does this cough medicine come in a heroin? Twickly, give yeah. me an answer. No, it's just codeine. Uh, it's comedy news, Chris. Let's not make it all about you okay. and your speech impediment, okay? Okay. Go ahead. Um, Do your song first. <laughs> change an odor. Yeah, change the... Yeah. <laughs> Next story. Next story. Um, Comedy news. Melissa Rivers has hired the firm of... This is a mouthful. Gare, Gare, Connison, Steigman, McCoof, Bloom, and Rabinowitz. Give me Rabinowitz. <laughs> I like Gare. There's two Gares. Gare. Is that, is that how you say it? I don't know. How would I, how would I know? What Gayer, Gayer, Connison, Steigman, Makouf, Bloom, and Rabinowitz, who the USA Today describes as elite, have been hired to investigate the death of Joan Rivers, who went into cardiac arrest during a August procedure at Yorkville Endoscopy Clinic in Manhattan and died on September 4th. Official but cause of death, brain damage due to lack of oxygen. Well, that... Um that clinic has already went and hired the law firm of shit fucking fart. Yeah, well, they're and screwed. they're on their way. No, I here's the uh, you know here's the thing. Joan was making big cash and was going to continue making big cash. So Melissa's got a slam dunk. Oh, this clinic ain't gonna be open anymore. I mean, if I was going to make an early offer to Melissa Rivers, I'd put it around fifty million. I would just go. What if we gave you fifty million? She wants a hundred. I think she'll. So I don't think she'll. She'll scoff at that. I think she wants this place shut down and all of them penniless. I mean, this is this is spite. No, I think it's. Yeah, we are right. It is spite. But at some point, people settle in these kind of cases. Very rarely. I don't. I don't think anybody wants this to go to court. Uh, I think if they gave her $50 million and they changed the name of their clinic to Sirhan Sirhan, killer of Bobby Kennedy, then she'd settle with them. Sirhan Sirhans, how may we help you? I believe she's getting $70 million from Joan from the, for the estate. Well, well, and, then, 
I'm sorry, Fuzzy what? Joan was so diversified, it's hard to tell how much money she would have earned. QVC, the E-Network, the jewelry line. Well, they do that with a calculator. They figure out an average, figure out how long her life was done, and then boom, it's down. That's why, uh, that's what your life comes down to. Earning potential. Yeah, future earning potential. That's what they, that's what they do with everyone who yeah. dies. Like if Chris Stanley died over there, his girlfriend would have got about a buck three eighty. you know? <laughs> Does right she here. be paying out? <laughs> she owe. I Seriously. A, a fucking for however long I got left, I'm going to be owing money. No one- yeah, she, first of all, you'd have to pay off your student loans <laughs> oh, and no. then the IRS, who you actually said, uh, let me get back to you tomorrow. Um, but here's the thing. It's a slam dunk for her. If you're going to have somebody on the jury, who are they going to side with? You killed a national icon. You took a selfie with her while she lay there dying. No, the, the, the clinic's done. Uh, the, fir- the firm of Gayer, Gayer, Connison, Steigman, McCoof, Bloom, and Rabinowitz actually specialize in personal injury as well as do. death yeah. in the areas of negligence. I mean, and Gayer and Gayer opera. could go in there and win this fucking I'm thinking case. that. No yeah. problem. Yeah, you can the take the thing. receptionist down there. If I'm on the jury, uh, when the defense called their first witness, I'd spit on them. <laughs> Why bother? Uh, Joseph wrote this on Twitter. Peter Laurie just became the best intern of all time. Wow. I'm flying off those charts, man. It is. You're flying off the charts. You're charting. Um, you're on top of the world. All right? Now, do you, are you voting in this next election that you brought up? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I mean, it's the midterms, and I mean, what... You you feel like you only vote if there's a headliner. You gotta have a president. I mean, I'll vote. I don't. I don't want to. I honestly don't want to wake up early and vote okay. on a Tuesday. I understand. So you want to get your sleep? Yeah, yeah, kinda. Yeah, that's why this is the greatest country in the world. Absolutely. People would rather sleep than vote. And we can say that openly. Yeah. Come out of the closet. It's all there for you. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? You voting? I've never voted in a midterm election. Of course. If you show up, they'll throw cuffs on you and pull you away. (laughs) You're like, anytime you show up anywhere, you think it's one of those free Yankee tickets pancake things. This is too good to be true. Yeah. There's no way. Come on, son. I'm going to tiptoe in here. Um. All right, someone. Uh, yeah, on the on demand, they did take the they did take Chris out of the official picture. Um, let me see the copy of it. Let me see if I can say it. I don't know why they would do this. I right, go over to our Twitter. Is it on our Twitter? I don't know. Uh, it's taking forever to look up. Here we go. Yeah. They got me. They got me, Fez, and Shelby. And, Chris, where were you standing? To your right. So it would be, if you're looking at the picture, to the left. Directly, I was directly to your right. And they completely fucking photoshopped me out. (laughs) God damn it. Um, the, all right, Don just texted me. He said the reason why they're doing that is for the future. Oh. He says 2015 is coming. And why confuse the listeners? <laughs> I got two months. Yeah. They could, are, what they could have done, 
If they're so if they're so gung ho about Photoshop, Photoshop me and put me behind you guys at the very least. Well, there looks like first of all they've got. Shelby's entire arm in this. It's a, thank so you. move him over, and it would be fine. Motherfucker! It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't even look like they photoshopped. Yeah, it just looks like they moved the camera to the cropped right it. a little bit. Where they, yeah, they cropped they just, it. Just took you out. You got cropped. We're never in that. But is, here's the thing. They said we gotta have Shelby's thumb in this. First of all, Shelby, they did take out his finger because it looks like he's giving a thumbs up, but really <laughs> he was doing a a, a gun thing. Yeah, he's just doing the, the stupidest double thumb up ever. Yeah. It's like he's just fingering but that, something. But they thought it was more important than having you in it. Yeah, why should I be there? Who am I? I'm nobody, aren't I? Wait, hold on. I just uh, got this text sent from Don. Oh. Uh, Hicks is nobody. Oh. This breaks my he heart. He said so far they've received no complaints. Bullshit. Yeah. It's on demand. It's people constantly going on demand. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not part of the show, I guess. No kidding. Even when you're here, you're not part of the show. Ouch. Twickly. Twickly, do something about it. At least get a Twickly side in there. Uh, your fan was going to complain, but he decided to sleep in today. <laughs> See what I did there? I did a call back with your thing. Yep. Peter Lari crushing it today. Uh, a couple people stopping in to do the show. From uh, Slash Film, Jermaine Lassier, who's been voted the number one film critic in America by uh, Jermaine Lassier. And then Chris Gethard is going to be here. Very, very funny Chris Gethard. And am I right about this? He's performing at the Kennedy Center? Yeah, he is. Solo. Just Chris. I can't even get tickets to the Kennedy Center. It's November 17th. So things are going well, and I think it's because we got this kid in here today. Thank I you. love the pace you're setting here. Thank you. You're not afraid to go after the controversial stories. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, like I said, Shelby's finger's missing. Uh, this is up on the iBag today on the wire. Jose Canseco shot his finger off. This is horrible. He was in his he was in his kitchen. This is what he told cops. Cleaning his gun and he didn't know it was loaded. Cleaning his loaded gun. Blows his middle finger completely off. They don't know if they're going to be able to save it or what. No, it's gone. I'm freaked. I loved Jose Canseco. Wait, as a so kid. The, his middle finger is just shot off. There's no. There's no middle finger. See, the thing is, I thought he just liked metal. But, uh, you know, I thought he was throwing the horns out there. <laughs> no. It's weird that he only hit one finger. It's. I'm freaked out. Why are you freaked out? It's not Jose, your finger. Jose Canseco is never going to play again now. I think he, he hasn't <laughs> played in fucking 12 years. But not even rec recreationally he can play, pick up a ball. Nobody goes around and plays recreationally after they fucking retire from baseball. Not even a charity game he can go to. It doesn't stop him from snitching on other guys. He's fucking fine. This guy's a hero of yours? Loved him when I was a kid. He's a rat. Loved the best Every brothers. one of your fucking fan, uh, things is a rat. Well, later on, he turned into a real weirdo and somewhat of a scumbag, selling off all his trophies and writing tell-all books. My favorite thing he's done in years is shot off his own finger. I don't think he's done. I think he's going to shoot off the rest of them. <laughs> Just have stumps? I'm glad he was cleaning his gun, though. I hate a dirty gun. It's sloppy and unprofessional. Yeah. What was he doing? Cleaning the bullets out? <laughs> I don't know. But he was just sitting at a table in the kitchen and the fucking gun goes off. 
Tim in Iowa, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah. Hey, we got to make sure uh, Pepper's parents don't meet at the enchantment under the sea day so he doesn't pop back into the picture. Maybe that's what happened to you, Chris. <laughs> Christ. Am I fading away from reality? <laughs> this is terrible. Your parents never met, so you don't exist anymore. Remember how your parents met? Do you know the story? Your dad was buying a bindle on the Lower East Side. Your mom was lowering the bucket down. <laughs> Remember back in those days? They would lower the bucket. This is how crazy New York was. You could lower a bucket down, they throw money into it, bring it up, and then they send you some dope back down. And there were just crazy lines outside the places. Like yeah. It was like a, like a store. On my block, the building I live in, the guy was saying that there used to be a line, a drug line out front back in the 70s. People just couldn't get. I mean, literally yeah. couldn't get. Now enough. one guy smell, smokes fucking skunk weed, and everybody in the building's like, "Do you smell that?" Neighborhoods changing. Yeah, it's smell that. It smells like somebody smoking weed. They love to talk about that. Yeah, my neighbor, my upstairs neighbor, and one of my neighbors on my floor just have you like they like go to me. They know I'm the one, you know, smoking weed, yeah. and they're like, "So have you um, have you smelled the, that weird smell coming out of uh, one of the apartments in this corner?" I'm like. No, lady, I don't know what you're talking about. Like it's this whole big ruse, right. and then she's trying. Then I find out that there's like five, there's like five apartments like on the on the side of the building. It's like, it's like a corner, and she go- she's been knocking on all their doors trying to get them all against me to try to fu- try to fuck with me to call the cops on me because there's they they smell weed coming out of the apartment. The cops don't want. They want you to smoke weed in your house, and not on the street. I know, but but that I know that there's someone out there conspiring against me. Drives me nuts. There, it's literally a conspiracy. You turn it to Shakespearean instead of you and your stinky pot are annoying everybody in your building. Oh please, they, the other people, the people. Why you vape? I don't like vaping's fine, but I still need that nug. Okay, need, why don't you tell that to her, go lady? I gotta have my nug at night. Look, I'll get a vaporizer, but I need my nugs. Dog. You know, you know what he actually refers to as uh, drinking whiskey. Getting ready for bed. That's what he says. Time for me to get ready for bed. And he just slams enough whiskey until he passes out we all on the floor. Fall asleep, man. I mean, what, what do you fall asleep to? Nothing. I don't. I'm. I'm clean as a whistle, man. I'm not a cop. I didn't fucking cool. pull you over. I know. I'm just saying. What do you mean it's cool? Just. I'm just saying. What are you straight edge? No. So why do you say that you don't party at all? What do you do? What do you do to take the edge off? I don't have I don't have a problem of any sort is what I'm saying. Yeah, so what do you do? What did I do? What <laughs> I you trying, I, think, I, Lord, you think you're better than me? <laughs> no, no he man. is better than you. No. Come on. Uh, damn. Why well, what's your what's your party package? I like to drink. Yeah, and that's it? <laughs> I mean I'll smoke weed, but not nearly as okay, much so as I used to. What are you talking about then? I don't need to smoke I don't need to smoke weed or drink to 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 pass out though. Oh lucky you. Yeah, I know. He passes out from his asthma. So he's lucky that Exactly. Way. He goes into a wheezing fit it's and true. He falls on the floor. Hey, it works. I just had a bad moment. My foot was caught in the chair. Oh, I was shit. ready to just start screaming. I can't get out of here. Call the fire department. <sighs> Hashtag Peter Laurie loves uh, comedy news. People are loving it right now. People are loving your comedy news. Uh, this is Charlie. You're on the Money Fed Show. Ronnie B, the reason Pepper is upset that he thinks Canseco still plays is from a fucking Simpsons episode. He must go home and watch it and think that that's fucking reality. That's true. I, 
know the difference between animation and real life. I mean, seriously, when's the last season that guy played? Oh, it's been a while. 99 or something? So 98? Uh, so he was around in 2000. He was on the Yankees when they won the World Series. Yeah, yeah. you got a ring for that. He sold that off, I though. completely forgot about that. He was one of the proud members of the Pinstripes. I was with his wife at a titty bar many, many years ago. She was fucking, what well, was his ex-wife? But she was incredibly hot. And then she had all these fucking crazy hot Latin fucking dancers. This is down in Miami. That's awesome. Yeah. Ooh. Go take a look at his first wife. Get the Google going. Not her, not Blondie. This was like a fucking Cuban girl. Esther. Esther Hoffman Howard is her full name. Here's the first wife. Yeah. She was a wild one. Jesus. But very nice person. I'm not saying anything bad. Yeah. Very, very, very nice. Uh, Jeff, you're on the Run of show. Bobby B, million bucks, buddy. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is really great news to hear that Pepper won't be uh, back on the show in 2015. It doesn't look that way right now. If we're going to go by the what the publicity that the company's putting out. Seriously, I can't... I thought I was doing a good job. I'm really freaked out. Right, let me read some of the the Twitter that's coming in. Um, I wonder how much that finger would be worth, even if it was signed. I don't think he'd get much for it. Uh, it was just the tip of his finger. Tell Twickly to relax. Uh, does Chris Stanley prefer Hershey's syrup or Nestle's Twick? Uh, Peter Laurie just became better at radio. Uh, then a Twickly Hicks fart. Oh, give me a break. Hashtag move it up. I see Peter Laurie taking Fez's chair any day now. Um, guns do su- save lives. That finger was a liability. So, comedy news is a big, big hit so far today, Peter Laurie. Cool. Number one intern we have this semester going away. Yeah, this week has proved, like, really proved Peter Laurie's medal. Thank you. I mean, I, I like think you show up, you know? You know, you Do were the guy stuff. early on. You said, I don't think I fit in. I did say that, yes. Yeah. Why did you think you didn't fit in? Um, Just because I don't really uh, have a big knowledge of comedy. Um, What'd you do? Go out and learn about comedy? I mean, I'm, yeah, I read more now. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's hard to laugh when you read comedians. You have to really go there. Oh, uh, yeah. Get it all. Who's your favorite comedian? Big J? Sure, I like Big J. I like Louis Black a lot. Louis Black is hysterical. Yeah, he's a pretty funny guy. Mm. Okay, so that's the comedy news. Louis Black. Louis Black is pretty funny. funny guy. <laughs> and you smoke weed and drink. Yeah, but not like I mean, like I used to smoke weed. Like Chris smokes weed, but I mean, <laughs> what? What is that? What's that? Come on. Like a Jamaican is what he's saying. <laughs> I enjoy some herb. I don't know why everyone in my building has to persecute me for it. Well, you go around and meet everybody one at a time and hand out pot brownies until they like you. I am thinking about running for the co-op board next time there's, <laughs> there's a fucking... You should either write, run for the co-op board or write the la- uh, light the laundry on fire. It's up to you. Either way, I think people are going to start to know that you mean business. <laughs> I think both should happen. Vote for me. I won't let the light the Just building on like fire. Just be like this with people. I heard your fucking clothes bur- uh, burn up, huh? Maybe now you stop asking everybody a bunch of questions about who's smoking weed. <laughs> Right, Bernie? Jeez, so, you, you burn, your clothes burn. I wonder if you skim with. You know what I'm saying? You smell a little charry, huh? <laughs> Looks like someone else is smoking in the building now, huh? Oh, uh, there, buddy. 
comedy news. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Let's just call this moving on, the comedy news. That's a good name. What about for Pete's sake? You like that one? Holy shit, do I love it, for Pete's sake. Because yeah. it's not hack. Go ahead. Cool. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 10. Yeah. Comes out in two months. But the new trailer from FXX is up on the iBang right now. Um, it's all right, I guess. Just all right. Yeah, I tried. You didn't enjoy it. And it was all right. I was I was trying to take like an actuality from it, but I didn't, there's nothing really. No, you're right about that. There was no uh, no dialogue in it and all. Uh, are you a fan of this show? Not not like it used to be. Back when you smoked weed, that's yeah, what you, really you know, it. that's what it is. <laughs> you know, you give up weed, nothing's funny. And nothing. Oh, season ten will be back in January. I like to call the new segment Pete Reviews Trailers. You know what I mean? And that'll be it. Uh, okay. Did you see a trailer and you say whether you'd go to the movie or not? Moving on. Moving on. Um, Patrick Stewart has lended his voice to Amy Poller, her new Lended it? Lended. Mm-hmm. It's a word, right? Poller. To a- Amy's Poller? Yes. What's her name? Amy Poller. Yes. That's what I said. You said Poller. Oh, my bad. Are you like, sure? I have an accent. It's like Sometimes. what a grandmother would call the living room. What <laughs> <Right> in the parlor. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yes, it is fucking funny, Pete. <laughs> Stop being so fucking confident that you start busting my balls. Okay. Moving on? No, stay with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart. Uh, Amy, po- Amy Poehler has a new <laughs> book out. It's called Pollers. Yes, Please. Me, me and the parlor. <laughs> yeah. Relax, man. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes. Wait, uh, wait, did you just tell me to relax? <laughs> no, I'm still okay. going to Chris. All right, good. Hey, I'm yeah, totally right. fucking relaxed, okay? <laughs> All right, you don't need to tell me what my guy in mood should be. Mood. Mood. You're in a bad mood again. He's, he seems upset. Yeah, he is. Well, nobody in this building likes him. No one in my buildings likes him. I'm not on the goddamn on-demand picture. I guess I'm getting fired in two months. Not fired, let go. Oh, so I'm getting some... We're making some cuts. Twenty fifteen is going to be a whole new look for us. A Christmas look. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's the worst Christmas effort. I actually just got a fucking text from the law firm of sh- shit fucking fart. Oh no! They said there's no way they can win this case. Terrible. Go ahead. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is the this is the best story I have. Uh, this Good. weekend, Saturday Night Live, Chris Rock hosting, musical guest Prince, and Prince will be doing a just one long commercial free jam as opposed to two separate segments. Like that's the yeah. usual thing they do, and uh, he'll be backed up by his band Third Eye Girl. And according to Stereogram, it was Chris Rock that specifically asked for Prince to be the guest and requested that he play uninterrupted. Do we know the song yet? Uh, I don't know the song yet. Mm. Sounds fantastic, though. It, it, I'll be locked into well, that. I love could, Prince. Prince is cool. They should give him two jams. It's Prince. They should give him five jams. It should just be a Prince show on Saturday he should, Live. It should be Prince playing for a while, and then he comes out and does Weekend Update. <laughs> I wonder if Fred Armisen will come back and do that Prince segment that he used to do. He has that was to. fucking hysterical. Uh, where would you put Prince, all-time artist? It's got to be top ten, right? 
I would, yeah, I'd probably say so. He's had he's had a pretty successful career now. All right, best Minneapolis band, Prince, replacements. What do you pick? I'm picking Prince. Chris, replacements. Over Prince. Over Prince. You live in a drunk tank. With the replacements. Nobody. <laughs> the replacements wouldn't pick themselves over Prince. Uh, Peter Laurie rules. Centaur drools. Oh. Did Fez use his, lose his pen again? Has the cat got your tongue? Hashtag cookie, 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 rookie. I bet Peter Laurie can't smoke as much a pole as Chris. <laughs> That's actually fucking uh, funny. Shit fuck fart, maybe Chris Hicks can hire them for his wrongful termination suit. It'll be the world's first rightful termination oh, suit. Come on. I Honestly, do you feel like you've done enough to stay here? I thought I did. I thought I did. He lied. But no! That's a true statement coming from my head. You can't believe that. Yes, I do believe that. Then you've lost any connection with sanity that you have. <laughs> Scott said, what do you think of your team? And I actually said this. Scott, they're a fucking joke. Oh. That doesn't bode well for me. No. <laughs> really... Well, I'm glad and he I, said to me, he goes, relax, we'll clip him out of the official picture. Oh, he goes, I'll keep Shelby in. Really annoys me, Shelby's stupid raised eyebrows. Stupid? That's the happiest day of his life. I like how it says Ron and Fez over those two idiots' heads. <laughs> <laughs> this picture's all sorts of whacked out. I know. Looks like it was approved by Don. So. Uh, why don't they put another thing just says so Shelby's thumb <laughs> it's like he's mocking Conseco don't you do it he's got a rough time ahead of him um Jay what's up buddy hey what's up uh, I got a, a little vape recommendation for Pepper it's called the Pax it's gonna set you back about $250 but it's little it's portable it's rechargeable it don't stink when you smoke it and the leftovers you can cook with. So you're Oh, I've seen these before. You actually put nug into these vaporizers. Exactly. So you can just rock the nug, take it anywhere you want to go. You walk around with it. One day I'm smoking it in the house. My wife's in the next room. She couldn't even smell it. So it might help you out with the shitty neighbors of yours. Let me tell you, I gave Chris a vaporizer and he just jizzes into it. And then vapes it back in his own <laughs> face. I find that to be a... <laughs> <laughs> Peter Laurie just does this slow turn and looks at Chris as if I'm delivering the news over here. How could you, sir? How could you? Um, this uh, guess what got sent in as a Fezzy quote today. See if you guys can guess. As a quote from today's show? Yeah, it's just one word. I'll give it to you. Esther. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, now I, <laughs> I forgot he said that. <laughs> How could you forget? I want him to name his bio that. Uh, the sky's the limit for this kid. For Pete's sake, could be the name of it. 
Pete Laurie's Comedy News. And what's Pete smoking? Peter Laurie is giving Chris Stanley the business. Give that pedo sent through hell. I hope Hashtag no. Peter Laurie Comedy News. Don't know where the pedo thing comes from. I think for you being with children. I, but I'm not. So this, this, it's gotten out there that that might happen, but it doesn't. Mm. I like adults. Now, do you see this thing where the Redskin fans were leaving... Uh, Dallas and start to mock out Dallas. You're a sports guy, right? Yeah, I did see that. Is this crossing a line or kind of cool? Because they were singing the song or because they did yeah. the war dance at the end? Well, at the end, they <laughs> did a racist fucking war cry. I mean, I personally, I don't really find the name so offensive. I mean, I'm no Native American, but... Can I tell you? I don't find any ethnic slang <laughs> offensive. But I might be just saying that as a white guy. But I wish we could use all those terms. <laughs> It'll be so much easier. By the way, Flats sent me a, that term today. Out of nowhere. Oh, no. I guess because I didn't answer back as quickly as he demanded. <laughs> that word's that? <laughs> um, yeah. So you didn't think it went too far. I don't see how we got all this airport security and they let this guy grab a mic and start going fucking crazy. Football's exempt from everything. Now, if if this was your team, if you're a Cowboy fan, you got to bum rush this guy and tackle him. You can't let him sit there and do this. It's like when T.O. went out and started jerking off on the uh, Dallas Star. It went too far. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. It's redonkulous. It's donked. It's donked out. But good for Dallas feeling bad about themselves. No. Finally, uh, there's some soccer news that's a lot of fun. The People's Maradona. Uh, this video is up. Now, this is what some people consider the best soccer player of all time. That's right, Pele. You heard me say it. From the, hand, from the hand of God to the foot of Maradona. This man is a legend in Argentina. Here he is sitting around and looks like a crash pad. I mean, when you have no art on the wall, it doesn't look like a permanent place you're staying. It's not like Maradona's doing badly, right? I mean, the guy should be have cash. I don't know. It looks like he's got rent-to-own furniture <laughs> and just dank... Walls with no art on it. I mean, I'm sure he's. Look. And a small tel- that, that's a TV. That's a small that TV. I right, turn up the sound, please. Shit. Now, hey, here's two things I like about it. He hit her closed fist and couldn't knock her down. And B, he's so drunk. He's tanked. He's a telephone. He's yelling telephone over and over. Telephone. Telephone. Watching soccer. He's just fucking dressed like Tommy Z. Those were more, even more like love taps. I don't know. I got to tell you, he swung as hard as he could. But seriously, he looks like he should be wearing like one of those fucking bullet things across his... <laughs> Would you say I have a plethora of presents? Badges! We don't need no stinking badges! Now, in America, we do not have a star as beloved... As this man is. You have to take, let's say, Joe Montana, 
put them on Michael Jordan's fucking shoulders, okay? Just to come close to what this man meets to people. They love him. He brought the cup back to their country. Like he can literally do no wrong. He just gets free. Well, we'll reign. see. I mean, after this, he said he was just trying. What he said he was just trying not to phone out of her hands. The judge actually said this. He said, uh, "Well, she was. She was fucking filming him." You don't do that to Maradona. His shirt looks like it's ripped open, not just unbuttoned. Well, he's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he was doing a fucking Hogan thing. I am a real Argentinian. What do you call it down there? Argentinian? Argentinian. I fight with my wife and everything. <laughs> when I punch my wife and I kick her through. Yeah! yeah. Boom, boom. That's probably what he'll get off on, is that he fucking punched her, not kicked her. If he kicked her, everybody was like, he went too far. So that video is up on the iBank today, all part of, for some reason, you're calling it comedy news. I find that disgusting that you find this to be comedy. <laughs> well, I mean, it was funny. What do you want to say? <laughs> Jesus. So uh, I guess uh, staying with the comedy news and it's up on the iBank, Kevin Smith, clean shaven, is a big enough news story to have people talking around the country? When I, first of all, when I saw the picture of him, clean, I, didn't rec- I didn't recognize it as... He looks so young. Kevin Smith. And I understand because I'm never clean shaven. I, ref- I just don't shave everything off. I keep a 5 o'clock shadow at the very least. I feel freaked out if I'm clean shaven. Here's what's weird about it. It's like the number one story all around the country today that Kevin Smith shaved. Have you never seen him without it? Ever? I've never seen him clean shaven. Is that right? Not in any of the movies, because he's you know he's Silent Bob, so he always has the goatee. I've never seen him clean shaven. It never dawned on me that I never saw him clean shaven before. He's always had the facial hair. What if this keeps him from being confident? You know, like they ask him questions instead of going like into a Kevin Smith rant. He's just like, I don't know. I'm. I got. Uh, I got. Um, Nothing. I keep thinking to myself, just talk, say something. Grow it back! Okay. Grow back the hair, it was better then! See, that's a weird thing for men to comment on other people's faces. I just I just relate because I you know if I shave off. You relate off. because you make movies still, right? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I make I make movies. I saw the Tarantino on TV last night. And um he owns this Beverly Cinema. He's got a movie theater. And uh, played back-to-back Steve McQueen movies. Oh, that's awesome. Instead of getting shitty Hollywood movies, you go over and watch Junior, Junior Bonner. And I forget what the other one was. Maybe Le Mans. That's a nice deal. Hell yeah. Like, like uh, in my, my neighborhood, there's the Museum of the Moving Image, and they built a theater in it. And they'll th- they'll do like a, uh, a summer dedicated to the classics of Paramount. And I'm much more interested in going and seeing those old pictures on the big screen. All right. BL just posted on Facebook that she turned down a sweet FM radio gig in another city and said, thank you, Benny. I don't know why she would turn it down. She wants to be back in radio, right? That's what she says. How about this? They want to call your your news. What's the story, Peter Lorre? Oh, I like that. What's the story, Peter Lorre? Have you heard about you going, Kim? Going steady. Going steady. 
What movie is that from? No idea. Come on, Peter Laurie. What's that from? Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, of course. I told you so many times to watch Bye Bye Birdie before you come in here in the morning. You can put it on in the bus when you're on your way up. I, I pretty much drive most of the way up. Oh, I thought that... Where do you park at? I park in Jersey City and then take the train over. So, I don't know if I could watch Bye Bye Birdie in the morning. Okay, I understand. Just put it on your phone and put it on your dashboard. Yeah. It's like GPS yeah, or whatever. Safe. People stare at the... Right, whoa, 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 hold on. People stare at their GPS fucking screen the entire time they're driving. Yeah, that's not you safe. You throw a movie on there. It's the same thing. If you know where you're going, I'm saying. And you know where you're going, Peter Lord. You know Jersey yeah, like the back of your head. Yeah, totally. Chris, uh, what were you saying this uh, William H. Uh, Macy story was all about? All right, so William H. Macy has two daughters. And he... That's is, the big story? No, it's not the big story. So he says he listens to the radio a lot. What and radio the, station? Sirius XM Hits. Sweet for the boys. This is his quote. There was a while there where I thought the pop scene was just dead. They would take a stupid phrase that was not clever and repeat the same fucking phrase you were ready to leap out of the car. But they're writing good stuff these days. My oldest is really into Taylor Swift. We went to her concert and it was great. Then we went to One Direction, who were a bunch of wankers. I just wanted to spank them. They should be ashamed of themselves. Do you want to spank their wankers? I think he called them wankers and said he wanted to spank their bodies. I don't think Americans can ever call someone a wanker. That's like that's their word. Yeah, it's like using poofter. Like that's yeah, yeah, you know. That's the British word, version of the N word. There's no difference between One Direction and Taylor. Well, here's Swift. the thing: they don't make. Well, yes, there is a, a difference between the two. It's a totally different sound. But I feel it just it could all be lumped into just pop music for younger for younger kids. Like One Direction is a, a, a band for little girls. He has little girls, so why why shouldn't they be in One Direction? Yeah, but little girls. Uh, oh, I would agree with you there. But you can't say that the, the, to the ear, no one can tell the difference between One Direction and and Taylor Swift. They might technically sound different. By the way, I saw Jewel walking out of here today. Paparazzi was going crazy up front when I was smoking. She looked fantastic. Yeah, I saw her up here. A, I didn't recognize it was Jewel, but yeah, she looked amazing. Did we uh, lock down that Leeds thing for us today? Did we ask for Or are we never going to be friends with him again? I, I don't know. Who's the last one? who Remember that request I had? Yeah. Who's, who's the person who went to him for that? I talked to him. Was it locked in then? It's not locked in. I'll never take another one of his shitty fucking guests again then. Let's quickly. Hashtag Fez quotes. Guess what they have down for it now? I don't know. Exactly right. How'd you fucking get that? Guess I'm a Twitter psychic. Alright, guess what the new Fez quote is. I dropped my pen. No. Chris? My heart hurts. Uh-uh. Guess I'm a Twitter psychic. Oh, shit. That's how quickly they're coming up with it. It's really quick. Um, sweet, though. So your thing is you are mad at William H. Macy or are you mad at One Direction? I'm mad at William H. Macy. Why? He's a little girl. Why, why is he? I mean, there's no reason to attack One Direction over Taylor Swift. Here's the thing, though. You want to make your little girls like music? Attack their band. That makes them like that band even more. Oh, boy. You don't want your parents to come in while you're listening to your music and say, Turn this shit up. Something fucking great. That would have made me throw a fucking record out the window like a Frisbee. My, you know what? My dad 
was like, I like Eminem. When back like the second album came out. See, he's <laughs> of that generation where he's like, yeah, I like all music. That's what's wrong with kids today. Instead of being able to have their own music, their parents take them to concerts. That's why I would never want my parents to take me to a concert. Not only right? did I not want my parents to take me to a concert, I told them I was sleeping at my friend's house. And I'd need 20 bucks. <laughs> Don't worry about what it's for. My dad said, what do you need 20 bucks for it? And I go, I need money for a loan shark. I'm in fucking big trouble here. They'll fucking consake on my finger if I don't get something done correctly. This is the funniest thing about Peter Laurie. He's just sitting there and he's just got the... Uh, he, he does the silent chuckle. It's almost like a judgment chuckle. Like, you know what? That's not bad. I've noticed that Laurie's very judgmental. I'm not judging. When you say Laurie like that, it's like you're calling him a girl. <laughs> Peter Laurie. Didn't you say earlier you want to see Laurie's Peter? No, Wasn't I, that the thing that was in the back of your mind? No, no, I never said that. I never even thought it. And yet, you're defending it now. He, yes, because I don't want that out there. He's an intern. Um, Peter Laurie was... I was talking to him yesterday outside. He says every now and then he'd like to have a smoke break with Chris Stanley. I, I didn't actually say it. Why don't, you talk, why don't you talk to me inside? If you're going to go out and do a show out there, talk to me in here. Oh, it was just I was just passing him uh, as I as I was leaving the building. Yeah, but pass me. Give me a little talk. I'd love to have you. Sorry. What are you sorry for? So he just he was saying that he doesn't want to bug Chris when he's having a cigarette out there, but he wouldn't mind smoking with him. Is this true? Um, that's not quite how I remember it. Look, just fucking know something. If you're talking to Fez, you're talking to everybody. Uh-huh. Because it's basically like he's wearing a wire. That's all right. I just, I just, uh, I just remember it a little differently. Well, when you're talking to him, it's like talking to a gossip column. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like talking to page six and giving him a quote. Yeah. You're bold-faced right now. You're a bold-faced name in this fucking quote. In this Look, column. let's just get to the bottom of this. Chris, would you take him out for a smoke later? Yeah, I'll take him out for a smoke. I didn't know you smoke. Yeah, neither did Fez. That's how the whole conversation started. Sounds really factually based. It's, it was it was a good time. It's a good time. The smoking section down there is the only people to hang out with, believe me. You think? The other, yeah, the other people are real nerds. <laughs> it's true. All the cool kids do hang out there. Yeah. Look, there's Asian guy. There's a tall French dude with long hair. There's the other employees that work here. All right. Here's the funny thing. I'm glad that you brought this up. So we ride up and down the elevators with the NBC Universal people, right? Yeah. Have you ever had the feeling that you've seen any of those people before? Because to me, I feel like it's the first time I've ever seen any of them. I've had this discussion with people before. There is a constant churn in that in those seven floors of people where people are leaving, like getting fired or getting transferred. I have no idea. But there's always new employees on in this building. Because there's always new people. There's like three or four NBC people that I see that I've seen over the last few months that I can like identify. That's an NBC person, but there is always new people. It's cra- I don't know what's going on down there. I think they're it's killing cray them. Cray. I think they're killing them. But like occasionally you'll see a hot girl, and then you'll never see her again. Oh yeah, yeah. But then there's like a new crop of a bunch of hot girls. But then they're, they're there for like a week or a day, and then they're gone. Here's what you won't see with NBC Universal: anyone of color. Oh wow. It's like this fucking this station was in Sweden. 
That's how white it is. It's a lot of trans, and they're not. It's like if Hitler was running a, a TV network, and none of them are from New York. They're all like transplants. Yeah, most of them have had heart transplants. That's really creepy. A bunch of giant heart scars all over them. Don't call that creepy. Fez is going to get one. Oh God. You know, Wiki's wife said that uh, you should get a bypass and you never have to do the stunt thing again. See, I, I've asked about that, and they told me that they don't want to, like, crack my chest open unless it was absolutely necessary. She says you're just putting off the inevitable. And oh, wow. if you got the, the bypass done, you wouldn't go through these little problems. You'd be able to fix it, move on. And she's also said this, and this made me feel better. Not a single person has ever died from a heart attack. That's great. That's good news. Yeah. So what do they die from? What do you mean? They don't die. Basically, you're getting eternal life anytime they operate on your heart. So we shouldn't worry about heart attacks. But they said, uh, no, no one should. But they said the younger you get that bypass done, Mm -hmm. the better your chance for a healthy recovery. You don't want to put it off till your latter years. Oh, yeah. Being, like, really old again, that's, you know, you don't want that. I don't know. We got a break here uh, because Jermaine Lassier is Chris Stanley's big booking. And God forbid we don't get uh, a billboarded name like Jermaine Lassier in here the second he shows up. Chris, sorry about that note. I will stick to your format as best as I possibly can. Okay. What are we going to do? Hear about all comic book movies coming out? A lot of comic book movies coming up, yeah. Okay. Thor? Thor one of them. As you jump in on the Batman and Superman stuff, because that stuff matters. Like, I think Robin is stupid to be a girl. That's what you said the other day. I I remember. I agree with him. I mean, Robin, Robin was never a girl before. It's a girl's name, though. It definitely is. But, I mean, it was always a guy with a girl's name before. Um, this got written to us. A goatee, Fez? Uh, Chris? No. Silent Bob has a full beard. See, I see that as a goatee. For Let me Silent take a Bob. look at it. Right, I'm looking at Silent Bob right now. Are you sure? It's cutting into your big programming time. What well, part that, is a goatee? That is a full beard. I, I was in my own head. thought it was a goatee. <clears throat> Uh, Friday, um, Friday morning, Bennington. Last week we got the hashtag Bennington going. I heard about that. Oh, you heard about it? I did on the iBang. Oh, mm-hmm. You you're doing a lot of research here. Mm-hmm. You had a bang up show this morning. Thank you. I got to tell you something. This Jermaine Lassier has got to fall of smoke. <laughs> smoke, my friend. Thank you. Let me break. Keep Chris on schedule. Ron Fez show. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy Hits. Channel 99. here from SlashFilm.com recently voted as the number one film reviewer 
in America. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It was a, it was an honor. It felt it felt real good. Now it was also in the plaid shirt category, well, which is that a lot of which that, actually that's there's a lot of competition in that category if you would believe it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, is this going to be a good winner of film? Um, I think it's already been pretty good. I think right now in theaters right now there's probably five or six legitimate great Oscar contender type movies. I haven't seen Birdman yet. Birdman's up there. I'm hoping to see it by Thursday. What's another Oscar contender? I think uh, Whiplash. Have you seen the drumming movie? Mm-mm. Fantastic. It won both the big awards at Sundance this year. It's uh, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, and he's like an up-and-coming drum prodigy. And I saw the uh, trailer for it. Like, Do they really still hit kids? Yeah, I don't know. But the, the movie is... Uh, I mean, but it deals with that. You know, it doesn't sort of take that lightly. And it's really, really intense. First time filmmaker, great movie. Hey, Chris, did you see who they're doing a town hall with today? No, I did not. Taylor Swift, the fucking girl you just ran down seconds ago. Oh, no. (laughs) So you're being asked to go down and talk to a VP. Yeah, they were playing this channel in the lobby. It was probably not a good thing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I... This isn't good. <laughs> Zito was in there asking all about it. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So what is your own personal favorite so far? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's still Boyhood. It really is. Like, there's just there's great movies out right now. Is that going to get re-released as uh, before? I, I, they haven't announced that yet. Yeah. But uh, and I was actually just talking to a friend of mine uh, who's in distribution. IFC who they released that usually doesn't spend a lot of money on Oscars because they don't have a lot of money. But this was one of their most profitable movies ever. Everybody's incredibly proud of it for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully they do. I'd like to see them release it, uh, re-release it, and, and put some money into it. There's not really a clear cut. This is the best movie yet. I mean, that usually happens after the first of the year, once everything is out, though. I'm still, if I had to pick today, would be Godfather. There's a good one. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, when he shuts that door on K. What a good ending. Yeah. It breaks my heart. Well, oh, you shouldn't give a spoiler warning. Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, I don't want to give it away, but his, <laughs> his dad does die. Oh. But then he kills everybody that's after him. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I was just about to watch that one. All right, give me movies you hate. You guys are always talking about movies you love. I like when a film reviewer just says, I hated this film. It was so shitty, I couldn't believe well, it. Well, there's a couple, again, that are like out right now that I really didn't like. Uh, the Judge, the Robert Downey Jr. Solid. Yeah, it's just like 17 movies squished into one. I had no idea what I wanted to do. First like, 15 minutes, I'm like, this is good. It's good, yeah, because that's this one is movie. Good. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then two hours and 15 minutes later, you're like, this is still going. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this. Anything, I can, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, is always terrific. And I love watching Downey almost in anything. I mean, I think. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, and. And obviously Duvall. It, it, there's so many great pieces to it. It should have been terrific. Yeah, it should have been, uh, but it was not. Uh, that would have been a good name for the film. This should have been terrific. <laughs> but, you know, this happens when you try to make an extraordinary film. It's not like they went, let's just do something by the numbers. They tried to make something different, and they didn't pull it off. Yeah, I wanted. I was really hoping for like a John Grisham type by, even if it was a by-the-numbers, predictable sort of I think you would have more comfortable Abs- with that, yeah. Absolutely. But then it's like a family drama, and then he's got his girlfriend. And Vera Farmiga, awesome. So beautiful. So great. But 
wasted. Very, very complex, wasted as just the girlfriend in this. But you know what's funny? We waited this whole time. We thought it was going to be a courtroom drama, and it never was. No. We never got any courtroom. No, there's like two courtroom scenes. In that, there was no courtroom in the no, movie called The Judge? Well, there's a courtroom, yes, but it's not the type of thing that we expect to see. You know what I mean? Like in the normal courtroom drama, the 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 courtroom is, let's say, seventy percent of the film. It wasn't in this. Yeah, it's more like twenty, if that. And no. there's no real drama in the courtroom mm-hmm. scenes. Uh, he's like the best lawyer in the country or some crap, and he doesn't even sure do is. anything. And I kept waiting for the line, here comes the judge. I just wanted that to come back and <laughs> make people happy. It didn't happen that way. All right, so you hate it, disgusted by the judge, hope yeah. Downey never works again. What <laughs> well, else? That, that's not going to happen. What uh, else did you I, just there's despise? A, there's a movie coming out uh, in a couple weeks uh, called Horns. It's Daniel Radcliffe's movie. I saw the preview. It's already on demand. Yeah. So I thought I would watch it. It's not good. And it's not, it's really weird. It's again, it's a movie that should have been good. It's a great premise. It's a great trailer. Yeah. The it, trailer had me excited. I'm like, this is so weird. I think I don't like it. It has the same problem as The Judge, where it doesn't really know what it wants to be. Is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be dark? I think Radcliffe is pretty good in it. And uh, again, he's an actor that, uh, you know, after Harry Potter, I think he's doing a great job sort of breaking off from that. But yeah, it's just, it's so over the, all over the map. It was really, really disappointing. I really wanted something else. Um, it's, it's based on a book that I didn't read that I hear is great by Stephen King's uh, son. It goes by the pen name Joe Hill. Is that right? Yeah. And he uh, he looks, he's like the spitting image of his dad. He was like, they were at Comic-Con to sell the movie. And people were like freaked <laughs> out. Like, what the hell is young Stephen King doing on this thing? That is really fucking funny, though. Yeah. That he looks like him... Yeah. That's strange. Oh, that's fucking weird. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> By the way, Gil wrote... And uh, said, I agree with Chris Stanley. I would pick the replacements over Prince every day of the week. Prince is overrated. Here's the deal. I'm going to break Gil's kneecaps for saying this. (laughs) I know I probably shouldn't put that out there, but I'm going to take a hammer and break his kneecaps for attacking Prince. That's that Philly racism that we always feel like we've outgrown in that town. And we have it. The, the battery is at Santa Claus yeah. thing. It's always right. going to be there. This is how people uh, think in, uh, in Philly. Oh, you know who I like? The white person. <laughs> Unless how, on the how Eagles. Been, you know what? Prince is not overrated. He's not underrated. He's rated exactly where he should be. I, I, was, uh, I was a fan when uh, he did the Batman soundtrack. You know, can't beat that. I know you want to get no. To I, was, I honestly wasn't even a segue. Cartoon news. No, it wasn't even a segue. It's just that's my that's the extent of my Prince knowledge. I was never ever raised on it. You're a movie guy. Purple Rain. No, yeah, I like Purple Rain. I like you know Apollonia. Purple Rain is yeah. shit. You can't just like Purple Rain. That's a great movie. It's, if it's on, you gotta watch it. It's, well, it's awesome. It's a movie that I saw probably like five years ago, and like it, it, for the first time. For the first time, and so I wasn't. It's a movie that if you grew up with it. You saw when it came out, and it was sort of of the time. It works really well. But if you watch it now... I'll show that su- movie to a baby, and they're like, this fucking soundtrack is great. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack is great. The movie Fast forward. Is- the guy isn't an actor. <laughs> He's a fucking rock and roll god. Yeah, the song's great. She's beautiful. She can't act, but it doesn't no, matter. No, she can't act or sing. Yeah. It should have been the other one. It should have been... Um, what was the, the girl's name that he threw out of his band? Fezzel, no. Esther? Was it Esther? No. 
Prince is, a, I don't know, like I said, Batman Central. I understand racism. I go through it with my <laughs> program director. I see it. It's awful, dude. Vanity. Whatever the vanity Vanity six. Yeah. That's what it was supposed to be. Danny fucking got mad at her. She wore the wrong color shoes one day. He fucking puts Apollonia in there. And uh, and this is what the director said. And roll tits. Literally. <laughs> I do like the like friends of mine. I'll see on Twitter or something. Be like, oh, Prince is playing at this small venue tonight, and we're there. Yeah. Like he's not like too, you know, because he could sell at arenas probably. But he, well, he just rocked uh, rocked to like the fucking um, Highline here one day. By the way, little Steven put together a show at the Highline the other night that I'm furious at Earl for not telling me about. It was like everybody in that little club, everybody. Um. All right, so you want to get to your well, comic book news? Well, I was just going to say it, it was. I was really excited to come on the show today. After yesterday, as a, as a comic book movie fan, yesterday was Christmas. Well, second Christmas almost because they're just. Do you realize that you say this no matter what <laughs> comic book news is out there? No, it, you're no. always happy. I'm, I'm always excited by it, but like when they announce nine movies over the next six years or something like that, no, five years. That's that is awesome, and you see this this plan, it's, it's right? So cool. But let me ask you this: as somebody who supposedly loves film, yeah. how could that be good? You can't. You know how hard it is to make one good movie. No, I know. And then say we're going to make nine movies. That is a recipe for turning this thing into a TV show. Yeah, I I agree, but I like that it's a TV show. I like I. I I appreciate the fact that the Marvel movies... There's like two movies in of the ten Marvel movies that are not good. That I kind of still like for certain reasons. But I like that the stories all can like continue. I like going back to the theater every year and finding out more. I love that about it. And that's what this is one of the things that really excites me. The Saw movies, when they first came out... This is just the example that comes ahead. Uh, I watched them and I was like, these kind of stink. And then my friend was going to be was thinking about you know, working on one of them, so mm-hmm. I watched five of them back to back, and it was each one was an episode of a TV show, an hour and a half R rated TV show, and I was like, this is awesome. And then I really got into it because the movies itself, it was like you know every episode of, a, of every television show isn't great, but if you're into the, investing in the characters and the story. You keep coming back. When can you give the movies back to people who like movie and then put these shitty things on fucking but, but, TV and you can sit and jack off to fucking <laughs> well, they're on HBO. TV. Well, they're on TV now. They, they have, they, Marvel has one show now, another one coming. DC has like four or five shows. What do you think of the Gotham show? I, I haven't watched an episode. I, I, I heard nothing but bad things from my friends. I know Fez liked it. And then I heard it's getting better and better. Which is, tends to be the case with all these shows. But why don't you guys just put your movies there, and you can watch TV. You have the Star Wars th- series, oh, yeah. and you can give the theaters, because right now with the with your look, yeah. you look like a pederast when you go to the theater <laughs> and you're watching these movies. You just see me talk to the stars, it looks even worse. Yeah, because they're all ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, you're, but it's... It, it's it's interesting though, like because you're right. There's so many of these big movies; it takes all the screens away from other movies. But these movies mm. are out there. Like I said, those are I, I mentioned like four great movies are in theaters right now. There's at least another four or five. They, you just have to seek them out. Yes, that's the thing. People have to seek them out because children have taken over the movie theaters, and a movie theater right now should be just called Dave and Buster's. That's what it's like going. Because if you go to the AMC, you're like, I can't fucking stand it here. The lobby is loud. There's people yeah. playing games and jumping up and down, and their mom is telling them to sit. And you're like, what happened to the theater? But people go. You know, like the, the, children go. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I, I consider myself, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy four times. Like, that's not an adult thing. You know, I wanted like, to love Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I know. You thought it was whatever. I thought that they, that they sucked the charisma out of the lead star, who I think is, is terrific. I, you know, I, I, thought, I felt like they didn't give him a, a chance. Well, I think it, it's not really his movie. It's an ensemble movie. I, I, like, I think my favorite part of the movie was Batista. As Drax, just because he had, yeah, he was. Thank you. You know, <laughs> when a the fucking wrestler, wrestler, right, is the best part of the summer blockbuster. Yeah, you were in trouble. Yeah, he he was funny. He didn't have to do a lot. Tree mm. Monster wasn't your favorite. Hmm. That's everybody else's favorite. Groot was good, but uh, you know, we'll, be, we'll see what happens in, in, in Guardians too. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, they already announced seven more Guardians. It'll be out by May. Yeah, every month there's a new Guardians. Well, yeah, two two if a I year. Hear more tapping. I'm gonna go out of my fucking skull. Um, here's, um, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fed show. Ronnie B, a million bucks. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, Jermaine what his opinion of the Skeleton Twins was. Uh, I really liked it a lot. I saw the Sundance, and, and I, there's a review on the site. Um, it was just so great to see, you talk about charismatic actors, uh, Hater and Wig, uh, who were playing, you know, they they had that charisma they used in comedy, but in a dramatic role. And, uh, I thought that really, really worked. And it does have enough humor in it to don't that it doesn't get too too dark because it's a really dark subject matter, and um, has one of my favorite sequences of the year uh, with the uh, the eighties song that's not coming to my head. But I, I really I thought it was really terrific like. too, yeah. man. And before that, I thought Bill Hader was character actor. Yeah. And while I'm watching it, I'm like, this fucking guy is really good. Which I hate that we do that to funny people. Yeah. That they have to cry before we say that they're good actors, you know. But we do that. Yeah. It actually, it actually got me like way more excited for uh, the new Apatow movie that Sh- Amy Schumer wrote, which I was excited for already. Amy Schumer wrote and directed a movie. Judd Apatow's directing. That's already too big. And then Hader's the second lead. I was like, that's that's pretty awesome. That was uh, actually a hater told me that was going to be fucking terrific. Yeah. he goes, believe me, and he goes, I'm really excited about this film. And that you know that was the thing that I was surprised that hater got that role, mm. and it was before I saw Skeleton Twins. But now I think he's going to get all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, he's great, and I love that he's like best friends with like Edgar Wright. I, I want to see him appear in Edgar Wright. Movies. Well, how many cool things has Hater got to do? He's doing the South Park stuff. Everything. He's down with fucking Apatow. Um, just people like him and f- find him to be incredibly creative. And he's a very smart guy, too. Yeah, the really cool. I did with him, I thought he was just really, really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it was, it was, I really enjoyed that one. You never come, though. You never come. I, I, they never line up. I think I, I came to one. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli was on, on a... Oh, on yeah. That was, was a great one. It was good. Yeah. I would have k- killed to be for, like, Simon Pegg or something like that. Well, I want to come out and do a bunch, like, in a week in L.A. sometime. Oh, Just come to L.A. I'll stay at your place. We have a second bedroom. A lot of posters in it. I want to sleep in the bedroom with you on your chair. <laughs> you know, I don't want to sleep in the poster room. That'll make me nervous. And if I wake up and there's an earthquake, I'd rather be with you guys. And if something weird happens, it happens. That's us. <laughs> That's the way we roll. Understood. Less falling glass in the bedroom yeah uh chris on the la trip yeah. you'll already be gone uh, <laughs> now no. you understand poster art and yeah. how important it is show what they are lining up as the picture of the ron fez show and tell me what you would think if this was a movie poster okay take forever to get this would you chris no, i got it <laughs> thanks no because it really you know 
Yeah, I was trying to like when you guys were doing the Bennington stuff. I was looking at the logos, and not, nothing jumped out. There were some okay stuff. You didn't like the logo for Bennington? Uh, no, I didn't dislike anything that I saw, but nothing. But you didn't love up. it? No. See, the logo stuff is always totally out of my wheelhouse, and they constantly go, "What do you think of this?" And I go, "I don't know. It looks like it's fucking letters. I can't tell you uh-huh. whether or not." Can't find it, Chris? It's not on the tweets and replies page I was looking at before. It wasn't where I found it before. They pulled it down? Yep. Maybe you got a cease and desist. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything up there. Mm. I don't know. I'm vouching not... for Chris on this. It was not, it is not his fault. Um, it usually is. Sometimes. Dave in Washington, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, buddy. Um, about these comic book movies, you know, I'm not really a fan, but... They, they seem to forget that the first priority should be, does it stand up as a film? Which is why, typically, if anything, the first one in the franchise is, is watchable. And then after that, it just becomes all this bullshit about, well, which characters are going to be in it. It's got to have this person and this person from the comic book. Well, that my, my biggest problem is by the time you start watching the computer fight with itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't right. sit there. But and that's what you, happened in Ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, is I thought that there was far too many action sequences. I, I like that movie, but I agree with you about, especially like at the end, it looked like there was going to be a big showdown with the... The, the green woman and the other woman and the big dude just shoots her with a bazooka. That should have been the end of it. You know, that that would have been good instead of, you know, the drawn out sword fight or whatever the fuck uh, between the two. There, there were too many action scenes, but it, I, I still do like that movie. It reminded me of uh, that cartoon Heavy Metal. Yeah, there was a there was a weirdness to that yeah. premise that was really great. I mean, having the kid, and that's why he was listening to that music. And it's all he had from Earth. Remember his mom? All that stuff was great. Yeah, and you got this really charismatic actor who can you know he could be you know what Robert Downey Jr. is to the Iron Man thing. And I bring this up with Iron Man. I, I think it's best when he doesn't have the costume on. And it's just Robert Downey Jr. being a weird rich guy. Yeah. Well, I think he makes the caller made a great point with you. Know, you, you have to has to the movie has to stand on its own. I think that's why Iron Man Two is so bad is that it doesn't, and it was really, really just setting up to the Avengers. And but I think like Captain America Two was really good in that it had a lot of stuff that tied to the other movies, but on its own, it's a really kind of taut thriller. It's a little wacky and it doesn't make all this sense. It's a, I haven't even attempted to watch. Yeah, it. I mean, if you don't care, I tried but, to put on the Thor movie and I'm like, yeah. and that's on TV. Yeah, like why is this happening? Well, I'll tell you what you'd be interested in is that the third Captain America, which I know you're wildly excited about, comes out at the be- uh, May 2016, and the reason that it was a big thing with Batman and Superman was like what's going to open first is because that movie is going to have Downey uh, is the co-star of Captain America 3 and it's going to be him versus uh, Captain America they have v- differing viewpoints on what super so they're going to fight is. I think they're going to fight but it's uh, it's based on a comic book uh, oh, story the, called the name of the comic book is called Fighter Fuck and <laughs> it's Captain America and Iron Man yeah well it's Civil War but the Fighter Fuck works too sure it does yeah <laughs> 
But there is some kind of sexual tension between all these male characters. You know, there's not a lot of girls going around. Black Widow. Well, that's the new one, right? They announced the girl. Well, movie. they announced yeah, Captain Marvel, which is uh, we don't know who it's going to star or anything like that. Um, but that'll uh, that'll be out in 2017 or 18, 18 or 19, 18. I'm sure I have it up here somewhere. But is uh, it's but it's funny that but DC got to it first and announced their female superhero movie first, which was Wonder Woman. And, uh, which obviously is a bigger character. And it, it, it was, what was really fun yesterday, besides like the eight movies that, or nine movies they announced, was that DC did something similar like two weeks before with all their movies. They're doing Aquaman, they're doing Flash, they're doing two part Justice League movie. But they did it on like a investor's phone call. They were like, oh, here you go, guys. And here's some news. And they dropped it like that way. And the only person who was tweeting about it or writing about it was like a reporter from Variety. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Wall Street Journal. Because he was covering it as the Wall Street Journal. Marvel invited fans to the, the movie theater in, in L.A. and did this huge blowout. Uh, and so it, it was a... Uh, so you're still saying Marvel better at this than DC? I, I, we haven't seen enough DC to really to say. There's but been the one movie. When, you know what? When, as soon as you said, like, Wonder Woman, all you could think of is 1930s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels old the way the Phantom feels old. The way Superman feels old. Well, yeah. Well, those characters have been around for so long, and Wonder Woman we know as Linda Carter. Well, yeah. they're going to try to reinvent it in in this Batman versus Superman movie that's going to have all these characters sort of introduced in there. But it's just like if someone brings up Tarzan again, you're like, really? A new movie coming out. New movie. It's just always, <laughs> you know, Tarzan, King Kong. New movie it coming just out. Feels old. Yeah, all oh, is funny. Those are they all. There's new movies coming out of every one of those you mentioned. Just calling it new is ridiculous. Yeah, though, right. Yeah, but they, they they do different spins, like the Tarzan movies. Just not, they're sort of reboots. Well, the, the King Kong reimagining okay. is the fucking phrase the that King, I love. Well, the King Kong is a prequel. It's how did King Kong get to be King Kong, which you know you're all wondering about. And then the uh, Tarzan you're see him fall out of a giant monkey <laughs> vagina. <laughs> I wish, that should be the opening <laughs> title scene. <laughs> And then Tarzan is sort of like a, 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 a sequel. He starts as he's already been Tarzan and he's back. Uh, and then he sort of gets called back into the jungle. So they try new things. You didn't find the last King Kong so embarrassing? No, yeah, it's... No, it's not very good at all. And uh, the last Godzilla, so embarrassing. I enjoyed Godzilla. I enjoy oh come on, that was awful. I just, I just got a bootleg of it, and I just fast forward to the parts where. Why are you angry? Because it was not a good movie. It was well, you didn't pay for movies. it. You didn't pay for it. So what, what do you have to complain about? Well, you don't pay for your movies either. Yeah, I pay for some of them. No, you don't. You sit in the screen room for everything. <laughs> you watch movies you on the couch me. now. No, I, I, pay, I pay for some. It's not. It's a small amount. You are right. You got me there. I can't. Yeah, fight but that. you don't get the, the screen room is great, but you don't get popcorn. What sometimes do you, go, you do. You go to the studios for it. It's all over. Sometimes it's the studios. Sometimes it's regular movie theaters, and sometimes they give you popcorn, and sometimes they don't. In New York City, I'm shocked how many screening rooms there is. Yeah. I mean, wherever, uh, wherever you, whatever building you go by, somewhere there's a screening room hidden there. Yeah. When I used to work at uh, Premier Magazine here, yeah, I used to walk around and be like, how's there a theater in here? Like, I'm surprised there's not a theater in this building. Like, there probably is there, one. Yeah, no, somewhere. There probably is one yeah. in uh, NBC Universal. There is one right there at Fox. Yeah. I think Avenue, uh, the, the Time Warner building, I'm sure there is. I don't know. But Godzilla, I, I mean, it just took a long time to get there. But I, I thought the, the payoff was great, and uh, I was kind of invested in it. I don't know. I, I understand it's not. Do you cry at the end? No. Did not cry at the end. I'll tell you when I cry. They didn't cry at that one. When did you cry? What was the last movie you cried at? Oh, man. Uh, 
I'll tell you that uh, thinking about this is uh, why am I saying good? This? Let it go. It's all right. Thinking about the fact that we're going to get a new Star Wars trailer soon is almost brought me to tears. Why is that? It, it, it just is so ingrained in like just who I am and the excitement of it and the anticipation and everything. Just knowing that George Lucas is out of it completely. <laughs> it's so great. It's so pure. It's so tied in with your childhood. You know, it's fantastic. It's like I would love to get a new Beatles album, but without Paul McCartney and John <laughs> Lennon. You too. You know, yeah, yeah, I'd like to get a U two album, but without Bono and the Edge. Who needs you know? them? And I would just start crying, remembering because nostalgia is so important to me. And I just want to look back at my childhood. Now, if I'm I had not... a fucking time machine, <laughs> I would go back in time and just molest myself as I watch Star Wars. <laughs> You know, you have a much do it a much different feeling about it. And I'd be like, it. "This look, son. I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing this to you in front of these movies." I am a very, very big sucker. For and this, you know, for by nostalgia. the way, you couldn't be arrested for that in a, in a time machine because the worst they could get you for is jerking off. And <laughs> you know, what's that? It's nothing. I. So, yeah, that's why I love this Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. I'm like, this without Gene Roddenberry, it's so great. We've re replaced the philosophy and the thought that he gave it with special effects and, you know, young haircuts. And I'm like, this is so terrific. But you still have that. You still have, you can go back and watch that stuff. It doesn't go anywhere. You know, Star Wars, you're always going to have those original movies, George Lucas's movies, his good and bad movies. Yeah, those are Star Wars movies. These yeah. other things coming out are just something else. But, yeah, it's... Well, they, they've sort of said that. It's, it's, it's a whole new, like, they're, they're doing a whole new... They, they've got the TV show, the books, It's everything. a fucking Grateful Dead tribute band, is what it is. You're going to see a tribute band instead of the actual band. But even the first two, well, not the first two, the second, third movie, he didn't direct. You know, he was he there. He was there. He wrote them. His, says, yeah, stories. Yes. Yeah, but I know. There's, but uh, th these are these are sort of based on his stories loosely. He didn't write them, um, and we we don't know exactly how much actually got into it. This is nothing. All. It's obviously nothing. He just sold it off for four billion. He got four billion he from got, Disney. Yeah, he got four bill. It's not bad. But here's the thing. Why are you crying with joy? That's what we're trying to say. Why do you cry with joy? Because it's just, I'm so excited to see what's next. It's a story that it means so much to me. It's and to going see... to mean the same as your fucking Star Wars sheets mean to you. Yeah. It's something else. Well, I have, I have you know, I have Star Wars memorabilia and stuff that I still love, you know? Like, it's just... But, but, but we understand. We brought up the Godfather. Yes. If they made another Godfather now... Yes. Without Coppola... I'm like, no, I agree. Like, no, oh my god, this is nothing <laughs> like the original. Mm. I love it. I mean, even the Godfather. I'm just, I'm baffled by this. Yeah, talk. no, I, I, it is. It's, it's a little weird, but it's just, it, it's got the same actors. It's not like you know, you couldn't bring back. You I'm going to say this, Jermaine, and I love you. Sure, right, get that out of the way. But when you do your movie reviews, you should wear a fucking cheerleading outfit. <laughs> And just have pom poms and be just like Hollywood, Hollywood. This is a discussion we were having yesterday uh, on Twitter. Uh, you need to come here so you can write off the trip to go. No, see No, 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 nothing to do with that. I have two here. weddings this time. I do not. I come here because I love it. Wait a minute, you two gay weddings? Uh, no, they're both straight weddings. That's odd. Which is weird in New York. Mm -hmm. But uh, the 
The writing about movies at all is marketing. When you have somebody in here, it's marketing. You're you're talking to Bill Hader about the only the people twins. I like. I know only when they're doing projects I like. But I only do. I get to turn it down all the time. Yeah, I only. I, I so write I'm not about, marketing like, from that with them. I'm fucking sharing for it. Now it could right. be a marketing job if I would have to take anyone and do a certain thing. But a, no one, you know, gives us anything for it. And b, I'm always welcome to turn it down. Well, I do the same thing. I don't do press for every single movie. No, we understand. Right. That's what I'm saying. You're a cheerleader. I didn't say that yeah. you're, you're a liar. Right. No, I am. You know, I never, I never sat down and said, though, you, you lie about what you like. Yeah. But what, I'm just saying you think movies and cartoons and action figures are the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine... Um, I don't know who we got to go back to. I get... I guess Pauline, I gotta go back that far. Okay. I can't imagine her going, not only do I love the movie, but I love all the toys to come along with it, and I have them stacked up in my bedroom. No, it's, 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 a, it's a fair point. I think, yeah. but I think things have changed. I think, you know, like just. The adults have left. <laughs> well, there, there are still adults who do that, but it, it's, I'm talking about, like, what about like the internet and just the accessibility of this stuff? Um, the the way we interact about it. Pauline Kale would have a Twitter and have to give her a reaction after the movie was out. She you know, wouldn't like, do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, there. Are, I mean, not. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't think like Denby or whoever the New York Times does that. But, but a lot of very, very well respected film critics do. I think it's different. Name I, one. I mean, we're not. We're not looking at film critics that can make or break films anymore. Oh, no. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. Where you have this rotten tomatoes, tomatoes. and somebody will say. Oh, it got an you know an eighty nine, and I go yeah. But if I go down and read uh, most of those people, I wouldn't listen to their opinions. Yeah. So the eighty nine is not uh, like if you like. Do you think that you could tell me what movie that I would like or not? No. Why not? I, I, it's just uh, your tastes are different from my taste, and I think that is just sort of something. Could you convince me that I should go to a film though? Yes, because that's what Pauline Kael used to do. I with can, them. yeah, and she would say. And I and, and you know uh, the thing is, I think she would find. I think where we we change, but the themes of things were talked about more. Yeah. Where now it's like you, can, I can't believe that you read a fucking review that says turn your brain off and go to the movie. Yeah, that fucking kills me. That. I have a bigger problem with it than anything else. Right. No, I understand. Well, I think it also is, I mean, maybe the point I'm trying to get at with the internet stuff is dilution. You know, Pauline Kale worked for The New Yorker, and, you know, there was like five other <laughs> film critics at the, you know, all the major publications. Now, the fact that I have a job doing this at all, you know, is pretty crazy. You you're know, up like, for, you're up for a, a renewal too, right? Yeah, I hope so. But it's, uh. I think they're gonna end up losing you. Because I know. <laughs> I know the website that wants you and wants you bad. I, I've heard things. I heard it was the plaid website, the plaid t-shirt no, I've, guys. No, there's actually one website that asked me about you because you do the show here. And I said, I thought you were happy at Slash Film, but if sloppy. your deal is running out. I, I, I love Slash Film, I, I, but I would always be open to making more money. We'll see what happens. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Slash Film is going to lose their number one guy. No. I, I it, the thing about I love about working on the site, and very well film in general, like I said, it's crazy that I get to do this at all. And if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing for money. I'd be doing it on the side anyway, just loving. You no, know, you shouldn't say that when you're about to go into negotiations. <laughs> That's the nuttiest thing I've ever heard. No, but it's true. I get to write about things like I get to write about poster art for a living. It's pretty amazing. 
Um, here's our buddy Andy. He always calls for the comic book talk. <laughs> yes. Um, so I find this very interesting. Um, first off, I, I have no faith uh, in the longevity of either the Marvel film series or the, the DC film series for the same reason. I think as these movies get uh, made under the purview of the, the the gigantic studios of Warner Brothers and Disney, respectively. I think we're going to see uh, the edge that we liked in the early Iron Man films and the edge that we saw in some of these other films uh, just, just sort of dissipate under the weight of a studio that wants to be able to uh, make billions of dollars and, and, and market, market, market. Um, and, and an interesting thing about this, uh, Jimmy, you touched on, the, on how, how Disney has this, uh, publicity thing down to a science. Um, they actually had a lot of damage control to do this summer, and no mm-hmm. one's really talking about this. Benedict Cumberbatch came out as a rogue during a wholly unrelated um, panel discussion during Comic Con and announced uh, that he was Doctor Strange. That, and no, that, every, that, you know, he said he was getting strange. That wasn't, well, well, I don't remember. Strange. I was at Comic Con. I don't remember that, but okay. Well, I know, I, he's he rumored was, to be at now. He, he was for the thing with the Madagascar, and he literally at the end of it, things were wrapping up. He leans into the microphone and says, "I'm Doctor Strange," and it, everybody went nuts. And it, it was it was on the internet, all over the internet for a heartbeat. And the Disney comes out and says, "Oh, it's not confirmed. He's not signed." They go through entire smoke and mirrors uh, uh, summer campaign where they're talking to Johnny Depp and they're talking to Joaquin Phoenix. But if you take a step back and look at. Um, the shooting schedule for all of the projects that he's worked uh, that Cumberbatch is working on, there's no way they didn't have this battened down at the beginning of the summer. It was just that they wanted to be able to say it in their own way and in their own time. And he went a little rogue, and they had to sit on him and basically go through all these motions to to you know so they could keep their schedule of publicity. Um, and that, that to me is a little bit worrisome that they exude so much control as a studio over the whole thing. Uh, because I think when you compare that also with the what happened with their Ant-Man film, where the directors and the writers just fled the ship, and it took them forever, comparatively, to figure out who was going to come back on and do it. And it took them a long time. A couple they, months, they, but... They had, yeah, I mean, you know, and then a lot of people, at least two or three people, passed on the project. That, to me, says there's too many suits in the room... I know that's the case of Warner Brothers. That's the biggest problem they have when they when they put their movies out. Um, there's too many there's too many suits and ties, making too many creative decisions, and just diluting the product. And I think that's what we're going to start to see. Well, you, you with have the to dilute film. it when you announce six. It's right. impossible I, to I, pull off. Yeah, I think I think the Edgar Wright thing sort of uh, goes in with everything you're saying there, Andy. Is that and in what we were talking about before? I, I sort of see them as. $200 million episodes of a TV show, right? Th- th- with different lead yeah. characters. And that's why you c- it's hard to have an auteur like, like Edgar Wright make that movie. Not to disparage Peyton Reed, everything I've heard and seen about Ant-Man thinks he's going to make a fun movie, but it's going to be the next movie in Marvel Phase 2. It's not going to be a Peyton Reed, you know, uh, joint or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's billions of dollars to be made here, and like, they're, they're... Why would we care? Why would you care as a... 
as a film reviewer, you should want no, I'm not, good but just fucking films. That's absolutely. what you should be battling for. Right. You should be like, fuck them for what they did with Edgar Wright. You got a brilliant guy, and it goes to show that somebody could sit there and say to this fucking guy, I'll make a better film than you. I don't think he was going to make the film they wanted, so he walked, and I respect him for that. And he'll make him his own new movie, and, then we'll, and, he'll, well, and that'll be great. But but they wasted two years of his fucking life. Eight, eight I think. Eight or nine. That, as a film <laughs> reviewer, that should piss you off. As a guy who champions movies, no. I'd like to see you champion Edgar Wright and not the fucking studios. I, I love Edgar, and I love his films, and I, I think it's terrible. And I was way more excited for Ant-Man when it was... His film, obviously, and I'm not. Well, as... DC, I'm sorry. Yeah, go. Uh, go ahead, man. No, you know when DC, like you know, this goes back a bit. Uh, you know, you're talking eight or nine years back, but I knew like my first big oh shit flag as a DC Comics fan that Green Lantern was going to be what it was was when the director just uh, Campbell, the guy did uh, Casino Royale, Martin, Martin Campbell, did, yeah, Martin Campbell, yeah, he just. Um, he basically walked away. He couldn't walk off the film. Look, this is, this he, is he the thing, Andy. And, and Jermaine has already made the point of this, is if this is now uh, just episodes of TV, we don't pay attention to who directs every fucking episode of TV. They're interchangeable. And that's what they've done to the film business now. They've taken our TV, but made it, but kids can run around and stay out late and eat popcorn, and it's fucking Dave and Buster's. That's that's what they've done to the film business now. No, I, that's I, where well, we I prefer are. to say nostalgic. I prefer to say it's ground round. But, uh, you know, that's just me. Well, uh, anybody who took their kids to the ground round was a bad <laughs> father. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I especially if they could have a peanut allergy. Because they would throw the shells <laughs> all over the floor. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Talk to you later. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over here to uh, Choro in Alberta. Go ahead, buddy. You're on the Run Fez show. Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? Cool. Hey. Cool. Uh, I just want to say, I think that they could pump these things out faster, but just with the right formula. And the reason I'd say that is when I was collecting comics as a kid, I always looked forward to the first Thursday of the month when I knew the new editions were coming out. But the comics were different because these things were incredible. Like, these are superheroes you're dealing with. They do super things. You know, all their movements, every one of their movements should be carefully calculated and be an amazing feat. Not like these, you know, 20, 30-minute drawn-out action series where it's like, oh, getting punched in the face, oh, getting punched in the face. Like, anybody can do that. Not everybody has. I I like when the like I, I like when the movie stars are doing press, and they tell us what kind of diets they've been on and what their uh, workout plans are like. Th that that's one of those questions that you get asked every time, and everybody in the back just groans. Is like, that where the cool uh, reviewers? Yeah, sit? we sit in the back. Cool. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, they wait too long in between shoots, right? If these guys just had to do it for a couple years straight, they keep well, they got to write a script, easier, dude. They, right? they, they have to they have oh. to write a script. There's something that everybody can get behind. Um, this is true. But I, I'm curious. I understand what you're saying that in, in a comic they have like one panel, one shot, and, and, and it's memorable. What, is there any comic book movie out there you think did that well? Uh, probably only. Uh, yeah, I did think of one. Um, 
Well, let's take uh, Lord of the Rings, for example. Those action series in the first Lord of the Rings. Not exactly, a comic book. That's and literature. Then, and then, uh, the and then I had one. It's literature. It's all right, but the fact that you're having a problem finding one it says says. So it's what are you saying? Right? No, I I, th- I think it's a fair point, but I think you know you a comic book is 30 40 pages if you're if you're lucky and there's no movement in it so you have to be you have to put movement in it i don't know if like the big action scenes don't don't pay off i understand the cg and stuff and it's it goes back to your point about the even busters everything has to be bigger and better because that's what the audiences expect now and it's not it's not a good thing at all you know um but they're not bigger and better i would say that bigger more expensive more expensive, but are they as good as, say, no. Jurassic Park? No. Are they as good as Jaws, even, where he fucking went around and did it? Because you had a you had a brilliant, genius fucking film director. And could have anyone else you've stuck in these films, uh, could anyone have directed, let's say, E.T.? And I'm not, you know, saying, you know, I'm not comparing it with Marty, Marty Scorsese. I'm comparing it with Spielberg. Yeah. It's a Spielberg. Could, is any of these guys coming up having the same kind of freedom Spielberg had to make something great? No. I mean, well, I think it's, it, this is, a, this is a big problem is that a lot of these young filmmakers make one great film, and then they get sucked into the machine. The, um, uh, Colin Trevorrow, that's not how I'm going to pronounce his name, but did Safety Not Guaranteed. It was a nice little movie. Then he's doing Jurassic World. Uh, this guy, Jordan Voigt Roberts, directed the cool movie called The Kings of Summer. Now he's doing that the King Kong movie, the, a prequel. Uh, they, they, they don't have ch- time to make these movies anymore because the money is so big, I think. And the opportunity, they were fans. If I, I mean, like, if I was a filmmaker and I made one good movie, and then you said, I'm going to make you $20 million to make Star Wars, I, how can I say no to that? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson's a great, a great filmmaker, and he's got his next five, six years of his life are going to be making Star Wars movies. He couldn't say no because of, of, because of Spielberg, because he wanted to make those movies, you know, and ends the pay and the paycheck, too. I mean, it's all sort of hitting each other over the head. It'll be so great when this whole thing comes crashing down on I think itself. It, I think it will. It's just too, these movies, the, the Hobbit movies cost like $800 million. Yeah. But they made like three and a half. They're going to make like three and a half billion. That's a nice investment, you know. Like if it turns out when it doesn't, yeah. And they lose eight hundred million, and they lose their, you know, yeah. It's their audience. It's bound to happen because we're looking at how much are our movie tickets now? Uh, Fifteen dollars, maybe. Okay, so. The $30 movie is probably not that fucking far away. No. You know? They, uh, there's places in L.A. that charge that much. Uh, um, but it's... Uh, y- you get other things with blown. it. Blown. Yeah, yeah. You get blown. Okay. But, I mean, but th- it sucks because like a movie like Transformers 4, which is terrible. Like, terrible. But it made like a billion dollars. It's just... It, a lot of it's international markets, too. I mean, I don't know how that all works there, but I know they turn out to see... Those kind of movies way more than we do. Transformers did like 250 here, and then it did, you know, like seven, like 800 million dollars internationally. Like so, that's the other thing. They're marketing all these things to an international audience at this point. Like they're not even for us these big movies anymore. Well, they haven't been in a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, let's go over here to um, let's go to Lewis in Manhattan. Guy Lewis. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah. I just want to ask Jermaine. Um, I kind of see the superhero stuff as kind of like the new Western. Remember how like Westerns were like 
all over the place yeah. years back. And um, I remember hearing that it was George Lucas who kind of like uh, changed that around. Like he came with them with Star Wars and uh, he was trying to pitch the idea. And they were like, what is this shit? And he was like, um, it's kind of like wagon train in space. And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll sign on. We'll go along with it. I want to know what director or what type of movie genre do you think is going to come around to kind of like move us away from the superhero stuff? Because I'm, I'm already burned out on it. I'm not the biggest fan of that type of stuff. So. Wow. I don't know. That's a great question. I mean... As we've seen from the, the, these things, the two biggest studios in town, or in Hollywood, uh, Disney and Warner Brothers each have about ten movies coming out over the next six years. They're all superhero movies. Um, one or two are not going to be good, at least each, uh, probably more. And then, uh, I, I don't know how you get out of it. I think it's just going to be an audience fatigue. Um, I was even talking like, so if, if Marvel's going through Avengers 3 and 4, right? After So what happened? People started ta- asking, so what happens after that? It's like, well, is there more story to tell? We'll see. If there's more money to make, they're going to keep going. But eventually, those the returns, the million, those $100 million openings are going to keep falling down. And then uh, I, I have no idea. If I knew what the next big thing was, I, I would start doing it, you know? Right. I, I, I really don't. But I, we're, this is going to be here for another decade, and then... Uh, We'll see. Everything everything fades, you know. Even I was talking about this recently too. Like the '80s were all about machine gun action movies, you know, and and R-rated comedies, and then those went away, and then they started coming back a little bit. At least R-rated comedy did. But you know, Schwarzenegger or Stallone, they don't they don't do movies any like their movies don't do well anymore. And the only action star we have is The Rock, you know. So what happens with that? We have Fast and the Furious is pretty much it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's also it's all very fluid and, and very. But all you have to do is look at it like farming. You can't farm the same soil yeah. over and over and over. So this is when you turn around, and you've got twenty of these movies coming out. Yeah. Uh, that the audience is going. I don't remember who blew up who or whatever. Sure. And, and, and I agree with you. There's no way to know. You know what they're going to go for no. next. I mean, like it's as as a star. We're talking about Star Wars and what it means to me, and and, and that's great. But when they say they're going to do a Star Wars movie every year, that I don't like that. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want a Star Wars movie every year. It's just TV. Yeah, it, this is TV. Yeah, and it's it, going to be Star Wars, Star Trek, yeah, the Marvel movies, the Disney movies, the, the Jurassic Park movies are back, the Terminator movies are back, yeah, all this stuff. And then you get the Pixar's, and yeah. suddenly now we're starting to look at <clears throat> what can the market hold up every year. Well, that's why movies like Batman vs. Superman, which in any other year would be the biggest, most anticipated movie ever, is opening in March. Because now it's like, well, we, where else are we going to open? There's too many other places. We need to find a place for our movie to breathe. The, the competition is just crazy. And when you're setting release dates for 2019, like, what, is, what does that say? You know? Pit Doc's got a good question. Okay. Go ahead, Pit Doc. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, hi, hi, Jay, baby. Uh, I, you know, I disagree with Ronnie in some respects that uh, movies sometimes are too long. Like, I could, I could watch a four-hour version of Lawrence of Arabia. I don't think I ever said that. Well, you said you always say you don't like movies that are like two and a half hours long. I've never said that. I didn't hear that. Well, anyway, the question is, has G-Baby seen Interstellar yet? Oh, good question. I have not seen Interstellar yet. Uh, It screened this week while I'm in New York uh, (laughs) for those weddings I mentioned earlier. So I'm going to see it on Tuesday night. I'm paying to see it. Sure, and uh, sure. IMAX 70 millimeter. 
the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, I'm going to go see it when I come to town next week. So. <laughs> cool. I mean, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, too. Mixed things, but uh, I'd rather that. I don't want to go in expecting... I also love the that the trailers don't tell you everything about the movie before. I agree. I mean, I've, asking questions. And I've, I've, I've straight up stopped watching the TV commercials. If they come on, I turn away. I'm done. I'm ready to see the movie. Let's do it. Um, yeah, when he when he starts, even Christopher Nolan starts comparing it to like 2001. It's like, dude, just step back. And I, I know you made a, a big space movie, that and that's fine. But uh, I, I, if you if you know, and it's it's sad. But if that if Interstellar is as deep and as you know pensive as 2001 is, it's gonna tank, um, which is sad, but probably true. I don't think it is. All right, uh, Jermaine Lassier, it was good seeing you, buddy. Thanks, buddies. Uh, coming up next is Chris Gethard is here. And uh, I'm going to walk down the hall and try to see Taylor Swift while we're doing this. I should dodge that down the hall. Uh, Slashfilm.com, why they still have them. They because still got me. the buzz is out there. The buzz is out there for Jermaine Lassier. Uh, give us a call after you see Interstellar. Absolutely. That's a big movie that I'm interested in seeing. So it'll be Wednesday, Wednesday morning, I'll call you. Okay, give us a buzz. And uh, so Chris Gathard is up next. This is crazy. He's performing at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., Monday, November um, 17th. So we'll be right back with Chris Serenifesho. <laughs> On Raw Dog. Raw Dog Comedy at Channel 99. It's the Chris Stanley Love Connection. Songs to get down to with your significant other. I'm all about that dick, about that dick, no pussy. I'm all about that dick, about that dick, no pussy. Chris Stanley theme song. Put a little spice into your date night with dance hits like this. One more time, Chris Stanley's gonna suck a dick. One more time. This collection is just right for couples who want to get away from it all for some alone time. Yeah, I don't even need to be in the room. Chris Stanley likes to suck all dudes. He likes it every afternoon. Doesn't care if it's straight again. Chris Stanley can make any romantic evening better, even with this heavy metal chart topper. I am Chris Stanley. Suck every dick in front of me. Call me Pepper Hicks. All I do is suck that dick. Perfect for couples young and old, this collection will keep you going late into the night. Pepper Hicks, you know that dick has to come. And you know that you're the only one to say, okay, but you're chugging, you're chugging that cock tonight. You'll find that coming your eyes. And you'll be alright tonight. The Chris Stanley Love Connection is available now for only $19.99 on iBang Records, theinterobang.com, or out of an unmarked van under the Queensboro Bridge. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits.
It's the Ron and Fez Show in studio with us. And I want to make sure that I understand exactly what he's going to be doing. But Chris Gethard is here. Good to see you again, pal. You too. You too. I'm psyched. You are performing at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. I I am as surprised as anybody. This seems like a Bill Cosby gig. Yeah, I don't think it could. I think they must have a side room of some sort. (laughs) Because I can't imagine. (laughs) can't imagine that they just booked me. I think a lot of those people at the Kennedy Center, they buy season passes, too. Yeah, and I think it's a free show. I think you can just get a ticket. I don't know exactly what the deal is. It's definitely not in like the Kennedy Center, <laughs> Kennedy, like that room that we know, all yeah. know. But yeah, I'm doing the <clears throat> Kennedy Center apparently. That's pretty cool though. Yeah, I'm psyched about it. Like, it's a, that's like one of those things I can tell my mom, and she's like, <laughs> right. less, less ashamed <laughs> of her artistic son. What is this, what is the favorite stuff that you've done that your for your mom? The stuff that your mom's happy with. The stuff my mom is happy with. Nah, I mean she constantly tells me. That I curse too much. Mm. She likes the. I wrote a book. She liked the book because she thought it had like a nice message. So that was good. Your book was heartbreaking in many places, though. That's. I think she liked that because she could feel that it was honest. It wasn't just me like saying dirty words to get cheap. But see, I would have like if I was your parents, I would have felt terrible because you want to give your son a better (laughs) experience than what you had. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the book has like a lot of dark stuff in it. And I actually when I got like the galley copy, like the unproofread copy, I, I gave it to my mom and she just sat down and read it start to finish while I was in the room, which I wasn't expecting, and it was intense. I bet. It's pretty sad to see her react to a lot of it. Well, a lot of that stuff you keep away from your parents. The, you oh, know, yeah. some of the the rough spots. Like, you'll, you know, have a rough day at school, and then your uh, mom will say, how was school day? Good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But it, it isn't. No, in reality, you say good, but what you mean is, like, I felt lonely the whole time and scared <laughs> of everyone else, and people were mean to me. But I'll just say good, because who yeah. wants to go through that again? I don't know why. And it's a weird thing that people... But we were just having a film critic in here, and we were talking about comic book movies and why adults still go to them. But it's it's almost like they there's a fetish for our own childhood. And yet, our childhood, no matter who you were, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Like, rich kids kind of have a shitty childhood, too. Yeah. You know? I think that's true. I've learned that more and more, that there are very few people who look back at their teenage years and are like, no, I was pretty thrilled with how it went down. There's <laughs> yeah. very few of those. Very right. few of those. Because um, it's just awkward. It's an awkward yeah. thing to happen to you. But, you know, it's the thing, like, when you're kids, you hide out in superheroes, comic books. Yeah. And maybe we're still just hiding out in the same comfort stuff, you know? Which means that there's no growth. Yeah. That it's a... It's a society now without maturing, without growth. I'm glad that my appearance here immediately became like nihilistic and hopeless. <laughs> no, but see, you make it okay to do that. Thank you. By the way, the unmask you did, I heard so much feedback on of people. 
it's it's not always the, the, the a lot of people went in and researched your strange TV show, which yeah. is great, and it, it was the reason why I'm like, who you know, what's going on? And I, I saw your TV show before I went back and read your book. You know, I caught your TV show by accident on you know <laughs> um, Manhattan Cable here. Oh, you just randomly stumbled on yeah, it? Yeah, randomly oh, stumbled in, and, and I said that's to people, like, "What is going on?" And then people are like, "No, he's really." Big in comedy, you know what I mean. Thank and I, you. Yeah, I could go see the rest of your work, but I was locked into. It felt like your TV show to me felt like when you see old crazy like 1970s stuff. There were like TV shows where they'll go back and show them now, and you'll see like Basquiat was on, and uh, you know Flavor yeah. Flav was on. You know what I mean? You're like, what the fuck? How yeah. did this happen? But your, I think your TV shows is something, and people look like at, at decades from now and go, oh, that's what was happening now. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a very little known thing and it's time, but I keep hearing that, that like people keep telling me that like people are going to look back and realize this was one of the coolest things going. So I guess that means something, but at least I think <laughs> I it's a reflection nice. of a certain thing where I don't know if you would even look back at like the tonight show from this time and say it was representative because it's too much show business. You have to do a show. I think so I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like I've had some, I had, I've had some experiences in like mainstream TV and I don't know, like I was fighting so hard for years to like get a writing job or a sitcom acting mm -hmm. job and then i kind of took a step back i was like i don't like those i don't watch those shows why would i want to be on them or work on them? right like, i don't enjoy them i kind of roll my eyes at them there's a lot there's some cool ones but the percentage wise like they're not that interesting so I, maybe i'll make something that's like speaks to me and what i think is interesting and like Mostly just like what would me and my brother and our weirdo friends laugh at when we were like 15 year olds in New Jersey That's what I wanted to try to make with the show and I think we nailed that mm -hmm. Like if you were a teenager in 1995, you would love my show <laughs> You would love my show <laughs> Well, I love the fact that it really does always feel like something, you know, could go horribly wrong. Yeah. And you don't feel that way when you watch network TV, because obviously professional people are working very hard to make something slick. There was a, a Oprah showed a, a thing of like there was a documentary on her own channel about her old TV show. And every segment was done by like one producer. And then the rest of the month, they didn't have much to do except for they'd be talking like, you know, 30 days from now, I got my guest. Whoa. You know, that's how many producers she had. And everybody else was kind of like, you, like once a month, you would be responsible if that worked out. And they worked it so hard that they squeezed out whatever weird thing could happen. Yeah. Where your show... There could be a gunman somewhere in the back. Yeah, we actually, I mean, we do. This is not even a joke. <laughs> like, we have a list. The guy who directs my show has a list where some of our fans are, like, so, like, I love them to death and they're dedicated, but he has a list of about half a dozen names where if I ever get killed or disappear... He's going to the cops with that list. Smart like, idea. Yeah, like, smart idea. We attract. I think we open it up to disaster, and we like attract people who like disaster, and and some of them are on the fringe people. But I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah. 
we barely even plant. We don't even really bother to plan it anymore because the disasters are always the fun part. So we don't even really plan <laughs> well, the show. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to see happen as a viewer. <laughs> when I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh, this didn't work out the way they wanted yeah. it to. We did a thing last week that was intense. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen last week's yet. We, I tape. Oh, we, I should just let you watch it then. <laughs> no, give but it to me. We did this thing where I thought it would be funny. Like, there are a lot of people at Public Access. There's a lot of great people who, like, make cool shows. And, mm -hmm. and then there's also some crazy people, as you would imagine. And a lot of the crazy people actually really do hate me. They email me mean stuff. They don't <laughs> like me because I'm like, they think I'm like, like an interloper on their thing. Right. Like, I'm like, why don't you go do real TV, pretty boy? Like, that's their attitude towards me. And they send me these. You're which, Hollywood to that. Which is insane because yeah. I've had, like, if you go to my IMDb, I've had, like, three bit parts on sitcoms that get canceled. Like, it's not, it's a weird thing, but they do. So I always mention this on the air. And then we had a friend of mine come in and we had him. I was like, I think it would be funny if we had him play one of these people. Like, he'll be another public access person and his whole bit will be that he hates me. And he came in and did that, and we thought it would be funny, but everybody just thought it was real. And it ended, like our studio audience, it ended with him like throwing a cup of water in a guy's face who was a plant. <laughs> but then members of our studio audience jumped up and were like trying to hit him and fight him on the air. <laughs> and everybody thought it was real. It was pretty, it got pretty intense. Like I didn't expect any of that, but it was fun. It was fun to see people kind of react to that. You know, I tried to get you in earlier because I wanted uh, to introduce you to Dick Cavett. Oh, that would be so awesome. Because I just did another Unmasked with him that's running on uh, Friday. But his show in the 1960s was considered like your show is yeah, now. Like that People were awesome. like, should this show even be on? This is going to... F you know, drunk people would show up on his show. Oh, yeah. Show, Sly and the Family you know. Stone, right? Like Sly Stone would show up tanked. Yeah. Was his the show one where a guy died on it? Yeah, he had a show where a guy dropped over and died. And they thought um, he was asleep and they were like making fun of him for falling asleep yeah. and then they quickly realized he was completely dead. And I think Cavett got off a line like a... Uh, quick line as they you know what I mean went to commercial <laughs> with this death but you know Norman Mailer used to be able to come on there and be drunk and you know you can't get a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. these days yeah well public access it's the wild west we're allowed to do almost anything we want has anyone ever broken up big from public access where they did yeah, like um, Democracy Now, that show started as a public access right? show, and then who else? Max Kellerman was a public access guy before he became like HBO's boxing guy, and a few others. There's been a couple other shows like um, throughout history. Squirt TV was um, actually I'm friends with him now. Jake Fogelnest, he was a teenager at a show back in the '90s. He got on MTV, but not too many. Not too many people. Is that the kid who did it? Is that the one who did it out of his house? Yeah, he did a show out of his bedroom, and he like I remember the him, Boys. man. He was great, and they would have the laugh track. His mom and dad yeah. would work for him. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Yeah, he's a good dude, and he was on Manhattan Public Access. And it's funny because he and I became friends later in life, not through Public Access, through yeah. you know, other comedy. And uh, he he'll call me and be like, "Oh, this person who." is giving you a hard time, has been there since, like, 1991. That guy gave me a hard time back in the day. It's crazy. We got email. I got an email from a guy who started off talking about 
He's another public access dude, and he started off talking about like L- like Time Warner's trying to shut down public access, and I want everyone to know. And within like two paragraphs, he was ranting about JFK and 9-11. It's crazy. All this yeah. stuff is crazy. I had one woman email me and say, like, your show has no place on this network. Like, you're just using this. And then I looked up her show and, no joke, found a video where she's interviewing an admitted sex offender about how he was visited by angels and can travel between dimensions. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating yeah. at all when I say that. Yeah, It's a really Wild West environment. But that's why we can, like, build something that goes wherever it wants because... The, it really is such a strange world to be a part of, but um, you know we put in a lot of hard work. I think to kind of squeeze as much as we can out of it. Who's the uh, woman who's always done the sex show in New York for Robin Bird? She's amazing. Yeah, and there used to be a guy. It might even go back to the really early days, but I think his name was Ugly George, and oh yeah, he used to go around and ask women to get naked on the street in New York. And they would sometimes, <laughs> and then that would be the show. Yeah. That would be it. And he was, all right, there's some old footage of him. Now, just goes to show, like, look how big all the equipment he needed <laughs> in those days. Yeah, this guy, I think, is still around on some level. Is that right? I, would I don't love think he does a show, him. but he, he, his name is still tossed around. Ugly does is pick up Goyles, as he calls them, and hustles them off to a nearby hallway to take their clothes off on camera. Wow! I I'm teaching the public. I'm not a star, I'm a professor. What, what are you teaching them? Not to feel guilty about truth, about freedom, about coming out of the closet, about all kinds of good things. Your big chance. Your big so chance. <laughs> I make them, I get them on television. And you know what? I don't charge them money for it. I let them do it for free. Plus, as a reward, if they're really good, I give them my body. What more can Is that, uh, what's his name interviewing him? Um, who does the You Are Not the Father show now? Oh, Maury? Yeah, I think it's Maury. <laughs> that show was classic. But see... New York itself was much edgier then that you would have women go, yeah, come over here and I'll get naked. Where now you have people who, I don't know, their heads are somewhere different when they come to New York. Although there's still a show. There's a show on um, After Mine on uh, MNN every Wednesday night called Sub-Zero TV, which Mm -hmm. you should look it up. It's just footage of women shaking ass and I, but I mean like full nudity <laughs> close ups on vagina and then the dudes who run it I think they're I think they're based out of Harlem if I remember right and they'll just like the guys will just like lean into frame grinning and like flash a bunch of money and then lean out of the frame and that really is the whole show yeah. it's amazing it's just naked girls dancing and then these guys grinning about it so there's still elements of that on public access that's fantastic I think it is where New York is still I think the last bastion of bizarre New York. I think it's like public access and Port Authority. Like those are right. the two places where you get a sense of how it used to be. I think uh, it's so weird that sometimes, like you'll see, there was a documentary on 
and it might even be on YouTube, but it was like a, just cops in the Bronx in the 1970s. And you could see that, that there was some murders they wouldn't even bother trying to <laughs> deal with. And you also saw things of like people would just fuck with cop cars and just bang on cop cars when they Can pulled you imagine up. imagine today? Uh-uh. You get shot in the head. No. On YouTube. Those the, police uh, tapes. That was the name of it, the police tapes. It's phenomenal. And I put it on once, and every cop looks like he... <laughs> You know, like he was uh, married to Carla on Cheers, right? <laughs> Look like that guy. But, you know, there was even... this is. Did you ever see that Scorsese film? He made it in the 1980s, and Griffin Dunn was lost in New York, yes. right? After Hours? After Hours, the name of it. And he was in, like, Soho, you know, right? Yeah. Like, from, from, you know, if you went south of, of Houston... You, at night, you were fucked. You were so, on your own. I know a girl who grew up in Soho, and her house had a dirt floor. Yeah, because they, people would... In like the you, 70s. Yeah, and they would run their own electricity in there. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe lived rent-free in one of those places uh, for years. But they would have to hold it at night. You know what I mean? Like They would yeah. have to be like Will Smith, just <laughs> fighting off zombies at night. But it was free. But now those apartments go for like $18 million. Yeah. You know, it's crazy that it this city quick. came back. It was quick how much it changed. Yeah. And uh, still people can't figure out what changed it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm happy, I'm happy to be um, part of the discussion about hanging on to that. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. yeah it's got to be. You know what I mean? Like, what is the point? If you don't have that edginess, you know, what is the the whole point of coming to the city can't be just corporate jobs, yeah. you know? And that's the other thing is those people, if you look at a lot of stuff, they were just going around and trying to express themselves. And it also was very important to them to be like great audience members, you know? Yeah. Um, Fran Leibowitz talks about the way that the New York Ballet used to be. And that the gay audience was so strict and would hold them to such high standards that if someone slipped just a little bit, you hear people go, oh, you know, like the whole place would be like, fuck, you know, ruined. and that's, you know, now gay people watch Glee and do karaoke, but they used to be tight, and yeah. thing, you know, demanding of yeah, the just arts, really fucking demanding. And well, that even, kind of shit was great. You even look at like graffiti and the, the real deal stuff back in the day when kids would paint trains and it's like, yeah, it was such a public nuisance and they fought so hard against it. But now you look back at it and you're like, oh no, it was like super poor kids in the Bronx who had no way to express themselves creating an art movement. When you look back at it, right. it was like every artistic kid from the Bronx who had no chance to be artistic getting together like it's a pretty beautiful thing thinking back to the stuff that came out of that era well yeah they would also do graffiti like way high in the air too oh yeah, like they would yeah. be able to get up in like 30 40 floors up and you just think like that has to be important to you yeah to pull that off you're risking death <laughs> yeah but you think about that start like right around the same era graffiti hip-hop punk rock all that initial burst in New York stand-up comedy clubs, like Andy Kaufman, all in the mid to late 70s in New York. Saturday Night Live went off the oh, same yeah. time. Then you got Basquiat uh, and Schnabel painting downtown, and uh, who else broke out of that? Um, Keith Haring. Keith Haring is a great idea. Um, 
just think you got Scorsese making films. Yeah. Woody Allen has, you know, really found his genius thing. Now, here's the weirdness of it all. At the same time, they put up a, a thing like New York is over. You know what I mean? Like in the, in the, you know, Drop Dead, that all came out. So it was considered unlivable, yet it was so incredibly creative. Yeah. In hindsight. I mean, if you just look at the same city, has CBGBs and Studio 54 happening at the same time. And then, like you said, the Bronx and Queens, there's kids who have taken the electricity just straight out of stoplights and are setting up turntables and inventing hip-hop. Yeah. This is all happening in a small radius. Yeah. And now we have the, the M&M store. Exactly. Uh, now we have... Exactly. That. People are like, isn't it great? You can come here in shorts. You, can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but look what you're missing out on. But then again, there was the side. I, it's totally romantic and I think a beautiful thing. And there is a real loss of it. But then again, I remember growing up in North Jersey, even in like the early 90s, it was there were still elements of it. And I remember like a buddy of mine came in. You know, we used to sneak into the city when we were kids. And a buddy of mine had this story. He came back and told us. We, he must have been about 15 and he snuck in, I think to like get a fake ID and he was waiting at Port Authority and he had to he had to use the bathroom and he looked at his watch and he was like shit man this is the last bus back to Jersey I don't have to, I have to use the port I have to take a shit in the Port Authority bathroom so he's like oh man like that's a nightmare you know yeah so he runs in there and he tells himself he's just like just go run in do your business get out of this bathroom because it's still it's like a nasty place so he runs in no one's in there he's like all right thank god he like puts a pound of toilet paper on the edge of the thing to sit on he's doing his business and then he hears the door open and he's like oh god and he just hears a few footsteps and then all of a sudden he hears all this screaming and he's like what the fuck is so he tells himself like just wipe kick the door open and run like whatever's going on don't stop and he told me what he saw was a homeless man pulling his own teeth out with pliers in port authority so like you know i'm all for art and the beauty of people creating but then new york also had that side to it as well oh yeah i remember like walking down the street making a right and then stopping and going holy fuck i got i'm backing out of this and we're just talking now i'm not even kidding you it's probably 400 yards from here like there was side places in hell's kitchen at night if you got off broadway for just a second you would go i gotta get the fuck out of here without yeah. dying you know there were but but what was it about that excitement that had people create because there was danger. It was in the face of that. Like yeah. you said, mentioned Hell's Kitchen. Have you ever read the Westies? That book, the yeah. Westies. The, the Irish mob in Hell's Kitchen. They used to like cut off people's heads and leave them in the streets as warnings. Like to in Hell's people. Kitchen at like yeah. 49th and 9th. Yeah, <laughs> those are million dollar homes now. Those yeah. are like it's all like empanada stores up there. And then the cops would be like. You really, there's not a lot we can do about it. Yeah, like that, guy, that guy was a bad dude. He shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have a head anyway. Like, yeah. It's the mob. Um, it's, but it almost makes you feel like this safety ruin creativity. Yeah. You know? On some level, I think that's true. Because, yes, it is very, very comfortable now. But are we, what are we missing? Like, I will even tell you this. 
Go back and watch um, like when the Yankees were winning in the 1970s and look into the stands. <laughs> Those type of people don't exist anymore. What a fucking home field advantage <laughs> you had with those stands because you would come in from Cleveland or Chicago and be like, I just want this to end. I want to get out of here as quickly as possible. Yeah, you're playing in a stadium that's surrounded literally by fire. <laughs> yeah. It was like as close as you... A baseball game but felt like it was gladiators. Yeah. So... Uh, obviously, the reason why we even brought this up is that you're creating somewhat of that on your show. I would love it if my show became the flashpoint that led to the downfall of corporate New York and brought back all the murderers who um, inhabit the streets <laughs> and take their clothes off. And It's very odd because they got the New York that they prayed for. You know what I mean? Like they said for years, if we just keep going, we'll have a New York where there's an influx of money from corporations and tourists will be... And people laughed at them for having these dreams. I remember even when they came up the high, with the Highline idea. And I'm down there and people are going, you see that up there? That's going to be a park. And I'm like, they'll just rape people. You're not going <laughs> to be able to be That's off the, the street on train tracks without there just being tons of rape. But then there's... Even even like there is a little part of me where there's hope with the Highline because there's that hotel above it where they where people like standard. all these people rent yeah the yeah. standard hotel where immediately people started renting rooms because they realized you could people on the Highline could see into the room so people started just like renting rooms and having sex and masturbating knowing people I'm like all right it will never quite die like even in something as oh, yeah. like as posh as the Highline a public masturbator will find a way to crack through in New York I think there is something beautiful about that well I had to stay up in hotels up here at like 57th and 6th and you would look out at night and people would fuck in the windows and or be just standing jerking off in the windows. <laughs> and it was either up to you, you could just fucking shut your blinds and watch TV, or sit there and just stare at the ma The amount of people that want to, someone to see them jerk off is amazingly high. Oh, yeah. That still happens on the trains all the time, too. Yeah. I have about nine female friends who have had encounters with train masturbators. There's a, a piece up today on the Interrobang where... Uh, it's a girl walking through New York oh, City. I watched that. Yeah. It's really intense. Yeah, and you can see the difference of what women have to put up with yeah. the men, where all day people are just saying to them, hey, honey, hey, what's going on? And she's ignoring them. You can see some people getting pissed. Yeah. And some guy's just flanking her. For like five full minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary. But it's always funny in the city, because I normally will walk home on a nice day, and if there's a girl... That's pretty, and I'm following her. I'll watch the amount of guys who turn to check out her ass. Yeah. They get like four feet on the other side of her and turn around to look at her ass. And I'm like, if I had a clicker, I could count off a hundred guys. You're the smart one because yeah. you just walked behind yeah, her. Yeah, when you get behind her, it's like you're just like it's like when a plane just gets up and catches the right kind of jet stream because you're you get home in no time at all, just following ass. I don't know how people can live without being around pretty women walking everywhere, too. You know? Yeah, when you leave New York, you realize, like, oh, there's, like, actual models just wandering around me all day. And yeah. I don't even think about it. 
One day I saw a woman that was so beautiful in the village that it was almost like freakish. Like so beautiful. Like beautiful in the way that Shaq is tall. Where you would go, <laughs> can that even happen? I wouldn't. I don't even know if I feel comfortable with this kind of beauty. Yeah. You know? Certainly I didn't see anyone trying to approach her. Yeah, I can't You know, imagine. because that was just like. It would be like. Like you would feel like in a different species. Yeah. Her. Um, that got sad. That got real sad at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Catherine is performing at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., Monday, November 17th. Have you figured out what you're going to do there that night? or I don't know. I mean, I have like. I'm always. I'm like pretty manic about writing stand-up so i'll probably be doing all new stuff that mm -hmm. i haven't you know that wasn't on my comedy central half hour my album or anything like that and um i just got married so that's a good source of uh you know material and whatnot and i'll just be throwing down just doing some stand-up about an hour of it and it'll be all new it'll be all stuff people haven't seen before Chris uh, does so many things. Um, was I forget it was a Vulture a AV Club that you wrote the Robin Williams piece? Yeah, it was terrific. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. He uh, I do a lot of improv, and he just showed up one night and did a show with us unannounced. Just dropped in, and it was beautiful. It's like pretty crazy being around this guy you've watched since you were a little kid. But I wrote a thing about it. They let me publish it. It was nice. Such a bummer when he died, but like doing a show with that guy, like I've never seen a crowd just love someone as unconditionally as they loved him. Right. Immediately. Whereas I've done shows, same show, a different week, like Chevy Chase drops by and you're like, oh, the crowd senses that this guy is like full of darkness and fire. <laughs> right. You just like feel yeah. it roll off them. Like Robin Williams, like this innocent person you want to love and protect, Chevy Chase, like that guy might hit you on yeah. his way out of the theater. Like you could feel that vibe. I think it's kind of great about Chevy though. You know what I mean? Like I think it 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 helps people see like success doesn't work as well as you would imagine. Like, your fantasy about success is, once it happens, life just becomes great. Yeah. But obviously, you're just the same dude you've always been. You just have more money than you used to. Yeah. You just have, like, a lot more people trying to have hollow relationships with you and not actually connect yeah. with you as a human. I just saw some people try to write about Bill Murray, too, where they're like, you know, he's not always on like that. He has some dark... I'm like, why would you think that he didn't? Why would you think that he's Bugs Bunny? He's Don't a fucking you, yeah. person. All these stories about Bill Murray, like, appearing, yeah. like, all of it, like, like, me and my college buddies, we were having a party at my frat house, and Bill Murray showed up, <laughs> like, that's really charming, and I think it is beautiful and hilarious, and I love reading about that stuff, but don't you think there's also an element of it that's like... This is a guy who was he in his late fifties, sixties at this point. Oh, sixties easily. Yeah, 60s. Like this guy was partying with college kids. There's also a version of that story that is a man having a meltdown every time you hear about one of those things. Like it's a man who's not with his family. Yeah, you kind of pray that it's just like Bill yeah. Murray is this like impish trickster god in our modern culture. But the other side of it is like if your sixty year old uncle behaved how Bill Murray did, <laughs> you'd have him committed to a mental hospital immediately. And yet he's completely below. Beloved, just beloved. Deserve it, so. I don't know if we've got a number two 
You know what I mean? Uh, to Bill Murray. Yeah, because the legend only grows. Yeah. Who is it? Who else does America love as much as they I love Bill Murray? I think they love the dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Based on that movie and based on the fact that he's that California laid-back kind of guy. But he doesn't have the Bill Murray heat. And you he's know. fictional. Let's also yeah, know yeah. like the number two to a real man that we can figure out is a fictional character. Yeah. But people think of him as the dude now. Yeah. It's true. Um, not many run into that. Chris, can you think of anybody that's... I was trying to think of any musicians that might be able to pull it off, but I think... Keith Richards, but you don't see him anywhere. But people like Keith. Andrew like... W.K., not as big, but a similar effect on the people who love him. And a similar cartoonishness. Now, he came in here one day. Yeah. And by the time he left, I loved him. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how much of this is fake and how much is put on. Yeah. But it was fucking great. Yeah. And you love him, right? I love him. Yeah. And yeah. he has that weird uh, like mythology behind him where it's like, is it, is it multiple Andrew WKs? Is it not a real person? See, I like that shit. It's pretty yeah. cool, yeah. He's a guy who is a borderline human cartoon character. Yeah. And he's all about optimism and positivity <laughs> yeah. and party. Party and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about any of the Apatow guys? Have they got to that point? Because they're guys that show up all over social media. I wonder. But I don't know if they have that same, there's that same kind of love for him. No, James Franco you can't because so many people hate him, I think, just because he's James Franco. I didn't know Franco. that they hate him. I think him. a lot of people just don't like James Franco. Because like, he goes to like, NYU, and he tries to be like a renaissance man. Yeah. And well, they don't like him, and then they also consider him a weirdo. Yeah. Like well, you got to be a weirdo lot. for all this stuff to happen. You can't be normal <laughs> and be like, you have to be eccentric. You know, that's what was Chris was bringing up about Murray. He's, you know, he was on TV the other day with a bear head on his... You know that he was wearing and he was talking football. He knows he's being weird. He wears his clothes to be weird. Um, so he digs that part. I don't think that you could, you know, run for election yeah. and pull this shit off. You know who might have it is Don Rickles. Don't you feel like he's pretty universally beloved at this point? Like he's America's he, nasty uncle. He is, but he doesn't get around that well. Yeah, you know what I mean. True. Like he, he can't struggles. surprise anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's you'll see true. him coming. Although the greatest Don Rickles story I ever heard, and it's an, an old school New York story, it's not even like he wasn't the one who did it. So he's coming out of a lands in the old days when it was kind of crazy, and um, a homeless guy comes up and says, "You got any money?" And Rickles. Uh, Gives him a 20 and says, here, go buy a ranch. And he takes a 20 and goes, hey, can I get some cattle? And I always think that like, that's the perfect fucking New York story. I have a friend who went and saw Rickles in Vegas. And my yeah. friend, he was a larger guy, my friend. And uh, he, he, was on a, he was on a TV show at the time. And he went and they came up to him and they were like, oh, like we have a a seat for you up front if you want it, like really great seats. And he was like, oh, they're giving me the star treatment because they saw me on TV. So they sit him at this table with his wife and he like looks to his left 
and there's like an Asian couple, and then to his right, there's like a flamboyantly gay couple, and he's like, oh, they didn't recognize me at all. I just put myself in the fucking crosshairs. And then he said the whole show was Rickles like walking up to his wife, like, you climb that mountain and you fuck it? Like, what are you thinking? Like, the whole show was just all Rickles right. attacking Yeah, he's him. beloved. I, 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 I'll take it. Uh, but it's all really old. It's Bill Murray and then really old people, right? Yeah. Like, Betty White was beloved before she, she had that year where it was just like, of course we all love Betty White. Yeah. I would put Meryl Streep in there. You never hear about Meryl Streep getting trolled online. Yeah. I don't picture her online, though. I know, like, the, the part of that is, like, she's in Connecticut. She's not looking for anything. But she's earned it through acting. She's more serious. Yeah. And she's, you know not, I mean? she's not a person she's not of the fun. people. Like, Bill Murray is such a man of the people. Yeah. I don't even think a lot of people would recognize Meryl Streep, you know what I mean? Because yeah. she's not always looked like herself. By the way, when I was like 17 years old, I took a chick on a date to a Don Rickles show. Whoa. And we're, it's theater and around, it's in Valley Forge, right? And a full orchestra with Jerry Vale opens up the show. They come out and there's a full orchestra and they're doing these old songs. And there was a woman in the front row that was about 380, right? And she's sitting there. She has like a mink stole around her neck. And Jerry Vale looks at her and, she, and he goes like this. Um, ma'am? And as soon as he said it, the whole place fucking fell out laughing. Because everybody was looking at her. Everybody was so tense before this show started. He's like, ma'am, do you sure you want to sit there? And everybody was going fucking crazy. Rickles comes out. He starts to do his stuff, and he's just killing the room. It's too much to ask for. And he turns around and sees her, and he just throws the mic down, runs and leaps on top of her, and starts humping like a dog. And he screams out, it's like fucking a waterbed. It was the most Whoa. insane shit I ever saw in my life. Wow. But that entire night, as funny as he was, I kept thinking to myself, don't let him pick on me and fuck this up with me and this chick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could never totally relax with it. Yeah. This, he was amazing. See, to me, I, I was crazy about Joan. And I thought, more than any other stand-up, the fact that her act kept changing all the time, and she was in her 80s doing that thing. So, But you, I don't think she got the full beloved treatment until she died. Yeah. And then everyone, we really loved her. Yeah. Because then you're able to forget about like all the red carpet stuff right. and, and all that stuff, which was kind of too in your face. A little needy, you know what I mean? Like, she did need all the time. Do you feel like Louis is heading towards that status of just like a beloved everyman like Bill Murray? It it's a really good call. It's a really good call because the people who love him love him. Now, he's not nearly as known like Bill yeah. Murray. Like Louis can walk a lot of places without uh, you know, I mean, it's still somewhat cult-like yeah. where Bill Murray did Ghostbusters. Yeah. You know. One of the biggest comedies that has ever happened. Yeah. Although the movies that he makes now is so funny, I don't know who he's making them for. You know? <laughs> he certainly isn't trying to impress anyone. No, just the Oscar committee at he's this point, He's so right? lucky he has Wes Anderson in his life. You know, that <laughs> it's works It's always out. there. Yeah, but there's always, like, a great role for him. Um, here's uh, Matt in Missouri. He's got a name for us. Go ahead, Matt. What about uh, Will Ferrell? Um, 
loved. Here's uh, <laughs> here's Peter, Peter in Ontario. Yeah, I got another name for you. How about the Fonz, Henry Winkler? He's a very sweet, sweet guy. But there's irony. There's irony in loving him, isn't there? Yeah. But the weird thing is, you I could not explain to people that weren't alive then how big of a star the Fonz was. Yeah. I don't think we'll have a TV star that will ever come close to that. Really? Because that was massive. a few years, that was a few years before my time. It was massive. So the Fonz was like Beatles level. Yeah, well, particularly with like little kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there were Fonzie toys and things. It was the number one show. That show. Have you watched that as an adult? It's it is ins- it is a bizarre television show. Yeah, I mean, he fights crazy. an alien. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Do you remember the episode with Tom Hanks? I think it was Tom Hanks' first TV appearance. Do you remember this? I thought it was a Robin Williams one. Robin Williams played Mork. Yeah. That's where Mork came from. But there's an yeah. episode where Tom Hanks comes back to town. And if I remember right, the bit was he had been bullied by the Fonz. So he left town, spent his whole life learning karate, and came back to get in a fist fight with the Fonz at Arnold's. <laughs> and if I remember right, at one point he karate kicks the Fonz through a plate glass window. <laughs> and they insinuate that the Fonz has been killed on happy days. <laughs> Can you imagine that? If like on Parks and Recreation they showed yeah. someone karate kick Amy Poehler to death, it would never. They couldn't do it today. They wouldn't. Why would they? Why they, did they do that on happy days? <laughs> they just ran out of shit to do. <laughs> what, what else is real? I... I had no idea that this was Tom Hanks that is, did right? this. Because this is why, obviously, the show was getting somewhat raggedy. Um, we're watching Later. clips of it now. I'm pretty sure it's Tom but Hanks' first TV. They have... <laughs> get, <laughs> He's karate kicking the shit out of Arnold's. He's trashing the place. They had already given up... Anyone have a 1950s hair pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it was all really 1979 hair by this point. I mean, how's a guy supposed to get revenge if you won't fight? Now, what's the matter? Come on, you afraid to take a punch? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> You're right. I have been avoiding this. I'm just going to stand here. You give me your best punch, right? Oh, yeah, sure. You're just going to stand let me take a shot? <laughs> My mama didn't raise no stoop nagel. Whatever you say, I gave you my word. Oh, Fonz. that's not the plan. When you see Shane, then we'll talk. There he goes. Oh, God, Fonz. This was a very popular show. Yeah, it was number one. don't oh. Let's remember him the way he was right, by the time this happened Ronnie Howard was already off the show right yeah must have been so is he dead I guess Tom Hanks killed him I wish that was how Happy Days ended, that Tom Hanks <laughs> killed Fonzie, and that was the last episode uh, by the way, is Tom Hanks is incredibly beloved yeah, he is beloved that's true. Although he doesn't seem like he's crazy enough. He's almost too, grounded. too level-headed. And I also think part of it is like, would you want to have a drink with that person? And Tom Hanks is right on the border for me. 
Bill Murray, you know it's going to be a fun night. You know, like right. he's going to make you laugh. Other like he's going to include everybody. Right. Hanks is going to want to lay low. Hanks is going to want to do the Hanks thing. You know? And there's also going to be a point where you know Tom Hanks is going to use his phone and go like this. Who got that script then, if I didn't? Because you yeah. know he's much more ambitious yeah. than he lets on. You know? You know he's a shark. Where Bill Murray, obviously, they can't reach him. Yeah, he's impossible. Yeah. No people. But I, I guarantee you, for the last 20 years... Tom Hanks has read a script before anybody else in the country. Yeah. He knows exactly who's doing what at all times. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, you're on the Ron Fest show. How you doing? Yo, what's up, Ronnie? Uh, yeah, Jimmy Fallon. I think that dude is, uh, he's pretty beloved. As in the future, he's just going to be huge in this country, I think. Like another 10, 15 years. I um, think he's already big now, but it, it's actually a pretty good call. Um, because I think Jimmy does like everyone else. Like, you can tell on that show, he's still very excited to have people on that show. Yeah. When Jimmy Fallon's an old man, people, audiences will explode when he makes a TV cameo. Like when Carson, after Carson retired and would show up on Letterman, and people would just go nuts, that's Jimmy Fallon's future. Okay, there's Nostradamus. Fez is doing a Nostradamus thing. Jimmy's going to host the show for 25 years. Okay. Yeah. Then go on and do a younger guy's show, and everyone's going to clap for him. Whoever that means. White-haired cool. Jimmy Fallon will be even more loved than he is now. That's an incredibly... I think it's a good call, Fizz, if he keeps it for 25 years. Um, by the way, I saw a standing ovation last night for Quentin Tarantino on a talk show. He's universally loved by people who love those kind of movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love him. And but he's a guy. Don't you feel like it's less likely that you'd have a drink with him and more likely that you'd do a whole bunch of cocaine with him? I would hope so. It, right? <laughs> but I think he might be geekier than you think. I, I am gonna, I'm going to make this prediction. I think he smoked a lot of pot. I don't think he's ever done coke in his life. You don't think Quentin Tarantino has ever no. done cocaine? I mean, that is astounding. I assume he does it almost every day. I think that rather than have cocaine, he's got weird collections of things at his house. Because yeah. I think he's, he's more that guy. He's more the film geek guy than he is the party guy. Uh, but I will say the coolest thing ever with... Uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, when he came in to do our show, that he had these shoes on that he had written in like magic marker or something, Kill Bill, on the sides of it. Awesome. Like his own little scene. On his own shoes? Yeah, his own shoes. I want I, <laughs> One of his movies. I saw Wes Anderson walking in the East Village a couple months ago, and he was wearing like a velour shirt and a rumpled dickie. Just walking by himself, and I immediately was like, "Do you have to be so Wes Anderson about yeah. being Wes Anderson? Like, are you? What, are you are, I would have been thrown off, like if he was in overalls or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good New York moment, though. Running in the Wes Anderson. Yeah. What's your best New York moment like that you've ever had in your life? Like a celebrity one or yeah, a New well, York one that just made you feel like you were in New York. Here's my ultimate New York moment. Was okay. there was one time I was walking on Eighth Avenue. It's probably about 2.30 in the morning. This was when I was a younger, more single man. And I used to stay out all night. And I was walking south on 8th Avenue. I think it was like just south of Times Square. And I was, uh, <laughs> I was walking. 
and this guy was walking past like you know like a like a pornography like an all night 24 hour go jerk off in a booth yeah or like you know like hook up with a questionable <laughs> character in a booth like one of these late night pornography stories and this guy came stumbling out and immediately he went out the front door of the the jerk off place and just immediately went into the place next door, which was like a Gray's Papaya 24-hour <laughs> hot dog place. And I was like, it made me love New York City so much because I was like, I can't imagine any other place in the world where you're like home at 2.30 in the morning and you're like, I can't sleep, man. I really want to, you know, I want to jerk off, but the internet is getting old. Uh, yeah. Where can I jerk off and get a hot dog? New York City, middle of the night. You can you can go. That is classic. It man. was a good New York moment. I like that one. Well, that is a classic moment. Chris, you grew up here, so you were even familiar with that feeling of this makes us New York, or does everything just feel normal to it you? Does feel pretty normal. And any celebrities, I've, I've only whenever any celebrities I'd run into usually mm. just blew me off, like Andy Richter. He just gave me shit. Really? Yeah. He seemed so nice. I was like, hey, Andy Richter, what's up? And then he just looked, gave me a look, and he was like outside a restaurant. Are you sure it was Andy Richter? I'm positive it was Andy Richter. <laughs> I know it was Andy Richter. I like that you have this anger. You have an actual visceral anger towards a very beloved man. I really like Andy Richter, and then he blew me off, so I got annoyed. You know why I know that this is a true story? Because the first time I met you, you jumped out <laughs> from the dark and yelled, hey, Ron, what's up? <laughs> Ronnie a, B! It was the night of Fez's first heart attack, and I was coming back from the... Uh, from the hospital. Yeah, it stumbled out of Hunter College. I have some weird party they were throwing. <laughs> yeah, you invited me in <laughs> for, as you that. said it, beers. <laughs> Come in for beers. It was a beer I party. I can't, but thanks, kid. <laughs> I'll be interning for you and working for you later on. You don't did, know that yet. Did you know that at the time? Or? No, not at all. But is that what gave you the idea? I don't know. I, I, I was just listening to the show. I really liked it. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Not long after coming to New York, I was going to, uh, it was like 57th and 6th, 57th and 7th, going through the intersection, and I hear this big booming voice screaming for a taxi to stop, trying to catch this cab that's going through the intersection. He walks out in the intersection, it's Kelsey Grammer, who was doing Macbeth on Broadway at the time, and was so dramatic about catching a cab. And projecting to the back of the theater in this intersection, just screaming for the cab and then yelling, oh, thank God, at the man when he finally stopped. <laughs> and I thought, that's just crazy. I'm making a prediction, though. What's that? Years from now, he's going to walk out on a TV show and the place is going to go nuts. Kelsey Grammer? From Frasier. They're going to say, you remember Frasier? It's Kelsey Grammer. Um... So your big New York moment was Kelsey Grammer. Well, that was, I've had bigger stars, but that was like the weird thing of trying to catch a cab in New York combined with a celebrity. Uh, here is uh, Jim in uh, Boston. Go ahead, Jim. Jim, go ahead, buddy. I would put uh, Jack Nicholson right on par with Bill Murray. Well, the thing about Jack is he will show up at Laker games, and then I don't know what else he does with the rest of his life. Like, I, he's a giant movie star to me, though. Sometimes like, pictures come out of him, like, like dancing somewhere, like at a resort or something, but it's so little and so rare that... Even I guess maybe he doesn't go out that much. I bet it would be fun, though. He's I still, bet he'd show you a good time. Yeah. No, I bet he might do coke with you even today. Oh, yeah. Bust out a rail. To me, he's a real movie star, though. He's a guy I've never done coke, and I've never really been interested in it. But if Jack Nicholson put a, 
a plate of Coke in front of me, I wonder if I would just have to. Don't you have to? Well, I would have to no matter who put the plate of Coke in front of me. <laughs> That's why I need to stay away from him. Whole plate, but huh? yes. I would like to fucking be gacked up with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and I would be like this. When you uh, knocked all the, the fucking food off there, off the table, was that improv? <laughs> Jack. Oh, God. Yeah, he would be the, he would be the dude. Yeah, um, I'd have to. He might be the only guy I would ever do cocaine with. Um, did, did we get the chance to make this announcement, or we can't before the end of the show, Chris? Never came in, right? No. I don't have it. You have it as a 100% we can announce? I just got something from Gil saying, got it. I, let me double check with another person. How come I'm not on that same thing? It said, I see that, that you, you are. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, no, it's, uh, it's for a week away. We're going to do it at Caroline's. So we wanted to announce today that it's an unmasked. Now, have you let uh, our, the iBank know and the Twitters are ready to go? I just got it right now. Yeah, so but no, we didn't have them ready for it. Anticipation is building. This it's, is a great tease. Uh, well, a... you know, it's all part of the New York Comedy yeah. Festival. Um. And it looks like, yeah, let's post it up now and let's go and unmask the Carolines next week with Pete Holmes. That's Pete awesome. Holmes, fresh from the Pete Holmes show. Oh, yeah. He's now also looking for his next gig. Yeah. Now, I, I did one of these is. things, by the way, you were talking about Louie. Right at, I remember the same kind of thing I did with you, an unmasked show. And it was right after Lucky Louie was canceled and i'm like oh i hope he's you know he could give a fuck <laughs> he was so fucking cool and confident that you know he would get another shot to do something else because when i went up there i'm like most people would be crushed if their yeah. tv show that they had written and brought and had their friends in named after themselves named after that's a career ender I had a friend who got a sitcom canceled, left the country. Was basically saying, fuck the United States. I can't put up with this anymore. <laughs> but he was so relaxed, cool, and in the pocket that I left there going, I feel like that show getting canceled is the best thing that ever happened to him. And I guess it turned out that it was, you know? Yeah. Because the next show was the one that was more him than Lucky Louie. All right, so Pete Holmes, a week from today, tomorrow? Week from tomorrow. Week from tomorrow. At Caroline's on Broadway. You've got a Kelsey Grammer thing going there right now. You're <laughs> Projecting re- too much. You're, no, not too much. <laughs> Just enough. You made it sound important. So it's going to be part of the New York Comedy Festival, Unmasked with Pete Holmes from the Pete Holmes Show. That's a week from tomorrow at Caroline's. Go to theinterrobang.com right now to see how you can be part of the studio audience. Mike, you're on the Ryan Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie, a million bucks, buddy. Thanks, pal. Hey, I'm at uh, Yoko Ono in the downstairs cool. at MoMA. Uh, there was an art exhibit, and just walking around, and all of a sudden I turned the corner, and there she is with this guy, and uh, you know, I was like, excuse me, ma'am, are you Yoko Ono? And she's like, well, yes. And I said, well, and then she, we discussed the art a little bit, and it was just amazing. Uh, I'm just amazed that you thought you should go over and 
said you and I should discuss this art, Yoko Ono. <laughs> yeah, that's a ballsy move. <laughs> that's a ballsy move because she was an artist before she even met John Lennon. So for you two to feel like, as a couple of equals, let's take a look at this art and see how we interpret it. I would have felt a little uh, over my head in that one. But to me, Yoko is one of those real New York people. Yeah. And the fact that she kept that apartment is always amazing to me. She kept the, that one. Yeah, they it's still together. there. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that. It's weird. When you go up there, uh, a lot of people will go to Strawberry Fields right across the street where uh, John Lennon was murdered. And they sing, you know, John Lennon and Beatles songs all night. And she normally puts a candle on the window. And then one year, I guess it was the 25th anniversary, she walked over in the middle of it all. And wow. that was fucking Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. I mean, people lost their shit. <laughs> Just fucking were like, what? You ever go up for it, Chris? I've never been up to it, no. I haven't either. This year, we got to get everybody together. We'll go say, give a piece of chance. It's kind of cold, though. It's like December 7th. It's fine. I'll wear like an extra hoodie. I don't know if you can stay warm in that. Chris Gather, love having you in, man. Thank you. I hope I wasn't too boring. I had a good time. I hope your crowd was. I don't know. That was that the worst, least just, confident thing I could say you, on the way out the door. You need Fez's confidence. Fez would have simply said, "Thank you." Not me. I'm gonna worry forever. I'm gonna <laughs> no, worry the rest fantastic. of the day that I let you down. No, you know why? You know you didn't let me down. Why is that? I would have turned on you. So you did. <laughs> you did fantastic. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So as long as I don't turn on you, things are going well. Well, I really loved seeing you again, and thank you for having Same me. Same here, man. Let's do this again, Chris. This is uh, performing at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., Monday, November 17th. Fez, boom it out and tell people how they can come to the next Unmasked Caroline's. The next Unmasked is with Pete Holmes from the Pete Holmes Show at Caroline's on Broadway. That's coming up a week from tomorrow, Thursday, November 6th at 11 a.m. Go to the Interabang to be part of the Unmasked at Caroline's and the New York Comedy Festival. That's it for us. See you guys in here tomorrow. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. With Harry, Mark, and John Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday With Harry, Mark, and John Satellite's You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez Show It's now over, but don't worry You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand On Demand <laughs>